Hey, this Realm of the Mist podcast is brought to you proudly by the Nurses Guild. Absolutely. We would do that. We would totally do that. So speaking of my co-hosts, Don and Chris, say hello to everybody, to the crowd. What's happening? What's going on, folks? I'm I'm assuming you're getting video. I know I'm recording MP3. Yeah, me and Don can see each other, uh, so we know what's going on. Yeah, Chris is is just in the distance, so... uh. (laughs) Other Chris. when you guys get... Getting the video of me jerking off, you know, giving myself some roadhead. Well, you yeah. got to do what you got to uh, do when you're when you're in winning Philly, yeah. you know. <laughs> hey, when you pay to get that rib removed, you got to use it. Absolutely, absolutely. I've heard. The old Marilyn Manson surgery, huh? <laughs> That's it. But uh, no, the long and the short of it is, I just got done dropping my child off to his mother, so it's at least a half an hour before I'm back in front of my computer. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I do apologize for the way we're doing this today, but Serenity and uh, Colin, which looks like actually yep, Colin, Colin just hopped in. in. Yep. Hey, what's up, guys? Colin, yep. right there. Yeah, he made it just in time. So I'm uh, up on this side of you. <laughs> <laughs> so the long and short of it is, it's going to be an interesting show oh, because yeah? I got to pay oh, attention to what you guys are presenting at the same time. Pay attention to the road. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And <laughs> I have no better way of figuring out my driving skills than to try to drive during Don's news buffet. So let's k- kick this off right be- now. Be- Hey, welcome to the, what is it, the News Buffet. That's what I'm doing now. I, just, I do so many different things. I get to the point, it's like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing something. We're doing the News Buffet. Why is it the News Buffet? Because it may not be very good, but there's a hell of a lot of it. So let's dig right into it. Let me, I don't even know what story we have coming up first here. Uh, but we'll, uh, oh, here we go. We have a horse girl. We <laughs> Usually I start out with an animal, but this is a, this is a little bit of both. An Alberta, Canada, <laughs> an Alberta, Canada teenager whose skills at emulating the movements of a horse, including uh, quadrupedal jumps, uh, went viral online now as being uh, featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not. 
Uh, horse girl Ava Vogel, uh, 17 of Edmonton, said she started emulating the movements of horses about six years ago, and three years ago she turned her attention to jumping on all fours like an equine. Uh, I would look at actual videos of horses and rode horses myself, so I figured out how the horse moved and would transfer that over to human skeletal, uh, to the human skeleton to figure out how I could apply that to myself. Uh, Vogel told CBC News. It took a lot of training and repetition to, to be able to build up the proper muscles yeah, and a lot of stretching so my wrists were strong enough to handle the impact. <laughs> because your wrists always have to be strong enough to handle the impact. That's the important part. That's the important takeaway from this story. So when you're when you're yeah, when you're J and the D, you got to have a strong wrist. But <laughs> mimicking the movements of an equine, that is, uh, um, how yeah. does she have, how, how did, I don't even understand how the fuck that's supposed to it's not. She looks like a human running around on all fours. That's really all it is. Okay. She pretends. All right. And apparently people are feeding into whatever uh, whatever psychosis this is that makes her think that she's... But no, I mean, she goes... She There, there is a video. You can't see it because we're just doing audio. But there is a video where she's running around on all fours. And she has the jump set up like she's a show pony. So... <laughs> Awesome. That's like we probably got the actual anal plug with the with the horse hair. That she should. She should. Yeah. Listen to my saddle. Like, does she wear a saddle? No, no, no saddle, no saddle, because nobody's riding her. She's she's just she's good just good doing the horse jumps by herself with with a sans rider. Of course, nobody's riding her. She thinks she's a horse. But, yeah, that's... if we had a saddle, we could at least charge admission. Right. <laughs> yeah, charge and charge and charge for a ride around. If you think she's a horse, she can do some really fucked up things to horses. So, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, she's God. Just... Yeah, can, can we get that video when mating season comes around and a stud to, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, that's why I started off. Have you ever seen that water inseminate a horse? It's horrible. <laughs> That's I've, I've never tried it. That, that's why I started off with with that particular with that particular news story because I knew it would just get us a, off to a good start just right out of the gate. So that's right out of the gate. Yeah, right, a British wildlife park has removed five African gray parrots from public view because of the fowl's foul language. Uh, Lincolnshire Wildlife Park adopted the six parrots six weeks ago. Adopted the parrots six weeks ago and put them in quarantine together <laughs> so they could curse. Uh, during their time together, the birds shared the ability to curse up a storm, uh, <laughs> something they engaged in quite often, according to Steve Nichols, the park CEO. I get called <laughs> I get called a fat twat every time I walk back. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't think that's the parents. I don't think that's the parents. That's the coworkers doing that shit. Who <laughs> was that fat twat? Did that parent just say that? That's <laughs> Sherry from a cow behind a bed. 
Uh, Nichols said the pouty mouth parrots are, aren't uncommon in his line of work. Uh, for the last 25 years, we have always taken in, taken in parents that have sometimes had a bit of a blue language, and we have really got used to that <laughs> so much that I don't even notice when it's the co-workers. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, zip fat, twat, fat twat told CNN. No, I'm <laughs> As long as her name was Karen, we're all good. Right. <laughs> I mean, who... who your manager. Yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't I want a parrot? Who, who doesn't want their parrot to cuss? I mean, that's, if I had a parrot, yeah. I would teach him some shit. You know? That reminds me of a, of a story whenever I was a kid, one of my friends, uh, whenever I was in high school, one of my friends had a parakeet that uh, knew a couple of sentences, and one of them was, uh, hide the beer, mom's home. Perfect. And the other one the other one was, pass the joint. And the, the bird would not fly, it would walk around the house behind us. So it's like the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. This bird just walking around behind you and then squawk, you know, hide the beer, mom's home. So, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my cousin had a parrot. It, it, it didn't talk, so it didn't do any of the dirty language. But like funny behaviors, like uh, it would jump, fly up onto the uh, top end of the ceiling fan, like on the blades, and scream for them to turn it on. Like it every day, awesome. it wanted to ride on the ceiling fan. It's probably a buzz it for Holy hell! Until yeah. you turn the fan on. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Did they, they, they was it high too, speed? Yeah. Did they turn it on high speed or? Right, because I'd want to test. It's like, all right, you, you want to go for a ride, you little son of a bitch. boy, my family owned a uh, uh, exotic dancing establishment, and. They had strange things like a cockatiel, um, and the cockatiel was like halfway through the kitchen, so you would walk into the apartment, and the bird would see you and start whistling like, like, hey, hubba hubba type thing, you know, and then as you would get closer to the bird, the bird would look close at you and like bob its head and then start laughing at you. And it was like a jokester <laughs> bird or something. Yeah, it was just mocking you the whole time. That's that's an asshole parrot. Parrot. That's Yeah, that's an asshole parrot right there, that's... That's great. That's the greatest. That's the greatest mascot ever for a strip club. That's yeah, that, yeah. There you go. We, we had uh, there. There's a local uh, a animal sanctuary. They have a crow uh, the, that I'm always trying to teach to cuss every time I go there. I don't know if it ever has because it would be great if, like, as soon as I leave, it just starts cursing at kids as they're walking. Look at the bus. Right, Look here, you little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your mom the money's on the, on the dresser. <laughs> well, Don, you know if you're in the building that day, they're going to blame you anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm the one usually cussing at the kids, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you little shit! <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the old Bart Simpson. Why you little... Yep, there you go. <laughs> yep, choking the parrot. That's a whole different thing. Uh, Ireland's Supreme Court has ruled that bread sold by the fast food chain Subway contains so much sugar that it cannot be legally defined as bread. 
seen this, yeah. The ruling came in a tax dispute brought by Bookfinders Ltd., an Irish uh, Subway franchisee, which argued that some of its takeaway products, including teas, coffees, and heated sandwiches, were not liable for value-added tax. A panel of judges rejected the appeal Tuesday, ruling that the bread sold by Subway contains too much sugar to be categorized as a staple food, which is not taxed. There's no dispute that the bread supplied to by Subway in the seated sandwiches has a sugar content of 10% of the weight of the flour included in the dough and thus exceeds the 2% specified, the judgment read. 10%? <laughs> wow. He's smoking his Subway, eat diabetes. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. get an insulin shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the law makes a distinction between bread as a staple food and other baked goods, which are or approach confectionery or fancy baked goods. So it's not bread; it's a fancy baked good. It's like they it's make their here. right. They they make their subway sandwiches with fucking cake. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow, I, I wonder if that's just in Ireland that the, that the, the there's bread. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, bread to bake. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's certain breads that are good for certain sandwiches. Like if you're going to have a Reuben sandwich, you want a really nice marble rye, right? Well, locally up here in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, there's these places called D&M Subs. And they have the best stack of meats and everything on their sandwiches and all the best veggies and stuff, and they really stack them up good. But... I've always wanted to have all their items on Subway bread because Subway really does have good bread. I mean, you guys got to admit they have good bread. It's the sugar, bro. Right. It's it's you're you're addicted to the sugar. That's all. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking cake. <laughs> you're eating. You're beating your damn sandwich on a donut. What are you? <laughs> and there's tea. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I believe that's how he lost that weight. Uh, yeah, uh, that and chasing after Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so I was chasing all those children around so he dropped that weight. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of dropping weight, many beloved events and activities have been canceled this year, but one has weathered the pandemic. Fat Bear Week. <laughs> Fat Bear Week, the annual competition which kicks off Wednesday, asks voters to decide which brown bear at Brooks River in Alaska's uh, Katmai National Park has been uh, most successful in packing on the pounds before winter. Um, and only one bluff ursine can be crowned 2020's fattest bear. Uh, bears have been matched up in a single elimination tournament complete with a March Madness-style bracket that shows their names, numbers, and photos, according to a news release from the park. The bear with the most votes uh, moves on to the next round. Each day, online voters decide which bears will advance into the, into the pairings and till the final vote on October 6th, which is Tuesday. So get your votes in for Fat Bear Week. <laughs> Every vote counts, folks. Right. <laughs> it is, it, what, sorry. I'm thinking I'm thinking Fat Bear Week should be like part of Pride Week in some weird it. way. I don't know. Just rolling around, rolling on himself. Yep, he wins. Yep, he, what are you he, doing, Yogi? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eating another donut. <laughs> yeah, eating another Subway donut. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you got their showboating for votes. Yeah, <laughs> it's rigged anyway. It's all rigged. Can't mail them in. You can't mail in your votes for Fat Bear Week. <laughs> oh, oh we, we lost Stolly. I, I hope he wasn't really in an accident. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the, lose your blinker, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I keep waiting for him to start cussing at oncoming traffic any minute now. He's in his car. Yeah, he's, he's driving as we're talking, so it's perfectly safe. It's perfect. He's probably driving and talking, and at the other hand, he's voting for Fat Bear Week. Is his wife in the car? He's probably driving her nuts. <laughs> No, I think he already dropped the kids <laughs> off, so he's good. Yeah. Uh, spe- oh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of mailing oh, things yeah. in, a Florida woman who was initially denied a $1,000 lottery prize when her ticket was believed to be lost in the mail was finally awarded her winnings by lottery officials. That's good. That's good news. Uh, Sue Burgess yeah. of uh, Ridge Manor, Hernando County, won a second-chance drawing with what was initially a losing ticket July 29th, and due to COVID-19, restrictions. She was instructed to mail her ticket to Florida Lottery Headquarters. Uh, Burgess sent the ticket uh, via certified mail so she could track its trip to Tallahassee, but the tracking system said the ticket was in transit and it remained that way for weeks. I was horrified to find out the Lottery Commission had never received my ticket, Burgess told the New York Post. Uh, after I had pick, I had to pick up after I had to pick myself up off the floor, <laughs> I learned what? What? After I had to pick myself up off the floor, I learned the ticket was still in transit. What? What the? Wow. Why was she on the floor? That's what I'm not. I don't know. Well, I don't, if you feel like you lost millions of dollars, I guess you would probably fall out. But it was only a thousand. Uh, it was only a thousand bucks. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, she <laughs> <laughs> Yep, she was probably... It was probably the meth. That's what... <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hey, looks like, Sir, looks like Serenity joined us. Yeah. There she is. Hi, well, welcome, welcome to the hey, News welcome, Buffet. Jerry. That was an interesting point to come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anybody want to bring her up to speed? I mean, <laughs> make, sure that you get, make sure you get your votes in for the Fat Bear of the Month. Yes, Fat, fat Bear yeah. Week. It's yeah. Fat Bear Week. Final fat voting week. closes on Tuesday, so yeah. make sure. And you're going to send me the link? Sure, sure, sure. I don't. Uh, just, just, just to clarify, I'm not one of the Fat Bears in the competition. I've I got voted. I got voted out the second week. Can you believe that shit? <laughs> Dang. I was. I was. I was hopeful this year. I really was. I packed it on. I was like, I'm. I'm doing it this year. I'm gonna be fat bear. <laughs> but no, it just didn't quite make it. <laughs> 2020, you thought was your year, right? Yeah, but I, I'm. I'm gonna make a run at it next year, though. We're, yeah, 2020 has been nobody's year. I don't even know if what it is yet. It hasn't been your year at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, 
<laughs> hey, we're going we're going to stay in Florida. The Florida Highway Patrol said a driver was not injured when his pickup truck left the road and ended up plunging into a resident's backyard swimming pool. The Florida Highway Patrol's Orlando station said troopers responded Wednesday when a driver swerved off the road to avoid a disabled vehicle. Uh, the pickup truck crashed through a fence and ended up with its front end in the swimming pool. The 49-year-old driver was not injured in the crash. Uh, drivers have to be alert for vehicles in the roadway, the Florida Highway Patrol tweeted, and apparently pools in their neighbor's yards. How fast was he going <laughs> in order to... Right. It's yeah. That's to go through a fence, and still it, there's the there's the influence of alcohol or marijuana. It's got there's got to be more to this story. He could have been going ten oh. miles an hour and just not looking forward, and he could have right been sideways. He could have just he <laughs> could have just hated his neighbor and didn't care about his truck. There is a picture. And that truck looks like it was beat to hell before he drove it through the fence and into the pool. So I think he didn't give a crap at that point. That neighbor's dog pooped in his yard, and he's like, I'm driving my fucking truck into their pool. That's how we're doing this. So that's <laughs> that's called that's called Florida justice, right? <laughs> yeah, but he, was, he was aiming for the dog and just settled for the pool. <laughs> He was washing his truck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's I love Florida. I really, really do. All right, let's they see. Have something every day. I have to say, have you ever looked up your birthday in Florida in crime? And it comes up with something insane every every day of the year. There's something crazy that happens in Florida. Oh, oh yeah. Every, yeah, every week something crazy happens in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. I don't it. know why all the seniors move there. Why who does? All the seniors? All the seniors move to Florida. It's like, isn't that where all the crime and all the crazy stuff happens? Why are they moving there? Did, well, it's it's, it's one of those things, you know, the chicken or the egg thing. Did it? Did the crime move down? Did it follow them? Because if I was going to rob somebody, I'd want to make sure it was a rich, decrepit old person that just moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that just makes I lived I lived in South Florida for like a year and a half and when I turned 21 I moved to, I moved to South Florida and I would go for walks in the middle of the night in downtown West Palm Beach and somebody asked me once they said that's kind of crazy why are, are you going it's like two o'clock in the morning and I said why would anybody fuck with me I'm you know I'm a young man I look like I can take care of myself I don't look like I have much we're three blocks away from Palm Beach the rich old person capital of the world why would people rob me the worst thing you run into in West Palm Beach is you run into a homeless person you could push them down and walk five miles away because they're too malnourished to get back up quickly you're good unless you <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Just like tap them and they fall over. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except except for the 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 meth heads and the crackheads. Those ones you want you want to avoid them because they got that. Yeah, that they'll, they'll yeah they'll rob each other and they're strong as shit when they want to be. <laughs> yeah, they get that birthday. Yeah, yeah, they're really wiry, and you don't you don't want to punch them in the face because those teeth will cut the shit out of you. Yeah, <laughs> and that and they'll get infected quick. 
Very, very. I want that meth rotten rotten through your hand. All right, I I think we'll I think we'll do one more and then we'll wrap up the uh, whatever the hell this has been. Emergency responders in Britain <laughs> tested out a new jet suit uh, that could soon be used by paramedics and search and rescue workers covering difficult terrain. Uh, Richard Browning, founder of Gravity Industries and inventor of the jet suit, took on piloting duties uh, for the test carried out this week in partnership with the Great North Air Ambulance Service. Uh, Browning took the suit to to heights of 10 to 20 feet in a simulated search for a party of walkers lost in the Langdale Pikes. The inventor was able to find the walkers within minutes. A feat officials uh, said would have taken more than an hour on foot. The test is part of a program that officials uh, said could see jet suit paramedics donning similar equipment as early as next summer. I don't want to be the test subject for that. Jet suit paramedics. Here's my question. If you're at any location and hike is in the name and you're able to reach the elevation of 10 to 20 feet and see over the trees, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Like, you know, like, I mean, that doesn't, that does not add up. Okay. But okay. I mean, no. I see, I see the benefit maybe, I guess, if you want to be a... Well, yeah, 10 to 20 feet, it's great if you want to find somebody lost in a fucking corn maze. But if you're in the forest, it's not going to do a lot of good. <laughs> this time of year would be perfect. All those kids at Halloween, we can find them all. Hold on. Call the paramedics, launch them in the air about 10 whole feet. They'll get them in no time. Yeah. Or I could just get a real big trampoline and you just keep fucking moving it and we'll fucking get there too. I could think of Elton John with a rocket pack. Rocket man! Yeah, that's that perfect. Rocket, what? Why do you come right in with broke back stuff? I don't understand it. But it's. Welcome back. It's good to have you. I wouldn't believe it, man, but I got I wound up in a dead signal because of the fact that I was stuck behind a freaking uh, Mr. Salty truck and it was going ten miles an hour on a fucking super highway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, we definitely believe it. You're recording a podcast in a car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm home now. I'm home now and in a signal, so you know, here we go. <laughs> anyway anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, Chris Stolly's back and that has been the news buffet. <laughs> Glad you could make it for this part of it. <laughs> hey, hey, all I know is I had to give it a minute before I called back in because I had to piss like a woman who was pretending to be a horse. Understood, understood. Interesting description. You had a Krispy Kreme's truck and you mugged them. Not yep. Mr. Softy. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Softy. That's he just if he could he just couldn't get it up to go any faster, I guess. We had slightly not ran by the Niagara truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he was chasing him down. <laughs> Did you guys watch the Talladega? Did anyone here watch the Talladega? Nope. It was a ballsy ending that, in a lot of ways, breaks a lot of rules. But they let Benny Hamlin win, although he gained on two cars while being outside of the double yellow line on the inside of the track. 
So it's a That's very a yeah. I'm just saying, and then and then the second the guy who came in second because of some strange reason or something, he got like demoted down to like 21st place or something. But no, like the the whole thing just has interesting this is gonna be one that they have to explain so yeah you guys should watch that there'll be a lot of changing of uh points and gnawing and gnashing of teeth before the next race that's for sure oh yeah oh god there's so many accidents it was pretty brutal it was like living in new york right now yeah that's that's the best that's the best part of auto racing is the accidents i don't know why anybody else would watch it Yeah, left turn, left turn, yeah left I, turn. I don't watch to watch him go around in circles. I watch to see something blow up. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was, like, some sparks and a bunch of smoke and everything at the ending. Like, nice. everyone's tires were blowing off. It was crazy. Awesome. The crashes. That's where it's at. Oh, there was um, a lot. You'll have to watch the replay. The <laughs> is very inconvenient and dangerous, but I do love Fig Newtons. Yeah. <laughs> to stay away from the black licorice. Right, right. That stuff's deadly. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of deadly things, why don't we go into the joke of the week? You served your country with honor, and now are trying to pry health care from the Veterans Administration. Did you know that Congress recently made changes to allow vets to get care outside of the VA services? The Nurses Guild of Florida is owned and operated by a Vietnam-era vet who knows how difficult it is to return to civilian life. Why not get your home health services from a five-star Medicare home health agency, the experts at home care, the Nurses Guild? Rather than wait in lines for care, the Nurses Guild will provide care to you in the comfort of your own home. PTSD, IV therapy, wound care, or post-amputation therapy, no matter your diagnosis, we can help. A nurse will be assigned to you, visit you at home to assess your needs, and work directly with you to develop a personalized plan of care. Here at the Nurses Guild, we have nurses from every specialty, so no matter your diagnosis, we have the right caregiver for you. The nurses, therapists, and home health team of the Nurses Guild is ready to serve you. All of our essential health care workers are fully screened, supervised, and COVID tested. Call the Nurses Guild today to arrange your home health visit at 954-596-9806 for Broward County and 561-826-8937 for Palm Beach County. Remember, health care put off is health care too late. Stay safe during the pandemic. Wear a mask and insist those around you wear a mask. Wash your hands frequently and stay home as much as possible. Take my wife, please. This is probably the shortest premise and setup of all, all time, but it is a very quick and funny joke. Stay with me. A young lady gets pregnant. She has twins. She decides the best thing to do for the twins is to give them up for adoption. One gets adopted to Egypt, where its name is Amal. The other one gets adopted to Spain. His name is Juan. Later on, Juan wants to meet with the rest of his family and sends a picture of himself to his biological mother, who at the time now is married. She sends the picture to her husband. She says, man, I really wish I had a picture of the other one. The husband says, well, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
that's ador- that's adorable. That's adorable. I love it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wrote that on very short notice. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> tell you what, after tell you what, after after last week's joke of the week, I'm going to make it very easy on everybody and just say I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Same, same here. Same here. I, I I play mine a little closer to the vest. I don't, you know, I don't even get on stage. I don't even tell my jokes on stage anymore. <laughs> that's a, that's how secretive I am. I'm working on some good shit. Just I ain't telling nobody. <laughs> that's right. All right, I got one for you. There you go. There's a, a in Upper Michigan. There's these two guys named Ano and Toivel. And they are always getting themselves into some kind of mess or some kind of trouble. Well, one day, uh, Ano decides to go out hunting. And Toybo says, well, well, can I come? I want to go hunting. I want to go hunting and see, watch, get the deer, you know. And, and uh, he's like, all right, but you got to be quiet. So he's sitting in the blind with him, and they're hanging out and enjoying the wilderness. And, and all of a sudden, Toybo's like, oh, oh, no, i got to pee. He says, well, don't do it here, because a deer will smell that, and they'll be afraid, and they, they won't come around, and I won't get a deer. So go run off in the woods somewhere like 30, 40 yards in that direction by the road. So he runs off there, goes take a pee, and then he comes back. And he's sitting in the blind drinking beer and drinking beer and drinking beer, and he's like, oh, no, i got to pee again. He says, well, go out there and do it away so that you don't scare the deer. And uh, this happens like three or four times, and finally he's like, man, i got to take a crap. What am I going to do? He says, you better go far away and do it, you know, and so... He goes out there and he goes to do his business and falls asleep, scrunched up against a tree. Well, in the meantime, Ano got his deer and he gutted him and then he says, where the hell did Toyo go? He's looking all over for him. He finds him passed out up against the tree and he takes all them deer guts and he plays a little joy on him. He throws them underneath them. He looks like he crapped them out, you know. So there he is, back at the blind, hanging out. And here comes Toyo and he's like, oh... You know, you won't believe it. He says, I crap so hard, I crap my guts out. But with two fingers and a stick, I got them all back in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, and that is the famous Ano and Toivo. Serenity? Serenity? And I thought, um, <laughs> got anything to follow up? <laughs> um... Okay, a priest, a rabbi, and a Buddhist monk walk into a bar. Wow. The bartender says, get out. He ain't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he ain't, ain't going to get any tips. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. They don't, they don't have any business there, you know. <laughs> Every bad joke starts with some of those. So, you know, yeah. just... No, thank you. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Just like every racist joke always starts with looking over your shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. That's so wrong. Well, you know what else is wrong? What's your effing deal? What's your FN deal? Hey everybody, this is Chris coming at you again for What's Your FN Deal. Got a couple things to talk about this week. Not a whole lot in entertainment news. It really seems like we're at the very beginning of all of 
the new TV season. So there's not a lot to report as far as that goes. But what there is uh, to report right now is that Vince McMahon has officially thrown in the towel on the Wednesday Night Wars. NXT and uh, uh, their show has now moved from Wednesday night to Thursday night, the head-to-head battle with AEW. The fact that Vince has actually done this, um, I don't know exactly what it says other than the fact that the NXT wrestlers, them... um, they are not able to hold the show as well as Cody and the guys at AEW. That's definitely... And uh, I think it says something about the fact that Vince has actually given up on something that he was so dug in on at the beginning of the year. He, he was definitely uh, all, you know, guns blazing as far as, like, you know, taking on AEW and, and winning another war. Uh, like the old Monday Night Wars and, and bringing about that spark, but it completely fizzled on them, and they dropped the Wednesday night show, giving it completely to AEW now, and then that's kind of a really surprising move for Vinny Mac. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I haven't known him to really give up give up the chase that easily. Well, he's still holding he's still so, holding the war because of uh, Monday nights. He still owns Monday nights, and I mean, SmackDown is still strong too. The problem is is that he's he, he was losing a fight with his weakest product, and NXT. The talent is there, but there's no there's no mm-hmm. personality. There's no real star draw. Yeah, there. I think in order for yeah. it to actually yeah. be good, they need to get bigger, and then they'd have a good feud. Here's the here's the problem. NXT was actually uh, you know SmackDown was great. It has always has always been good. It's especially good now that they have found their footing. And on Fox on Friday nights. Before that, it was Thursday night. But they brought out NXT to have their own show on Wednesday night, specifically to fight AEW. Vince McMahon wanted to have that spark of another Monday night war kind of deal, except for they wanted to do it on Wednesday night. And Hunter Hearst, uh, you know, Hunter uh, really talked him into doing the Wednesday night deal that he could lead a fight with NXT. And I don't know if this speaks more on Hunter's inability to lead the charge like Vince did back in the 90s or just the fact that Vinnie Mac gave up easily. Really, it hasn't even been a whole fight. It, it took 80 weeks for them to, you know, actually get over um, WCW back in the 90s and he didn't even give it half that long uh, before he pulled the I'll plug. tell you what, I think it's a little bit of both and I'll tell you why. Number one, Vince, yeah, he, he's kind of backing down because he's not, he knows he's not bringing his strongest product to Wednesday night. So... That, that, that would be him because he'll come back with something else. He's not going to let AEW and, and, and uh, you know, and all them step on his territory. However, on the opposite of the court, I'm going to say something that's probably not going to be popular with a lot of WWE fans. But Serenity, you'll understand what I'm talking about with this. Hunter Hurtsomsley is your typical worker booker. Meaning that he's too busy putting himself over to worry about everybody else. Of course, he's going to think he's going to get NXT over because... Hey, I just show my face, it's over. No, you got great talent in there, but no developed characters and stories. Nothing nothing in there is is worthy enough to pull a fight against uh, a, a group who right now is running off of the star power of the better talents WWE had to offer. Yeah, and, and whenever you're talking about, you know, what NXT has uh, has to bring to the table... You know, whatever they they get, uh, they they're putting Finn Balor over right now, which is by far their best talent. 
and probably their best personality. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, moving Samoa Joe, he's always got things going on where he's not able to, you know, be a regular member of the card. And he wants to be a member of a full-time roster on the, on the WWE. So they have a challenge there with him. And then whenever they got rid of, um, uh, shit, I can't think of his name, but, um, at the moment I'm drawing a blank for, for once I'm drawing a blank on a wrestling name, but, uh, uh, the fact that they, they just gave it up so easily. It's only been, I mean, we're only talking like 30 weeks in uh, and they come and they've lost every single week of the Wednesday night wars, uh, ever since the very beginning of it. And, and Vince pulling the plug, I think it speaks a lot more to Cody understanding the business better right now than Vince and Hunter does. Because he knew where to place the show to beat a WWE product. Well, no, I agree. I agree with that. I'm not taking anything away from Cody and the group over in AEW. I'm just speaking on Vince's terms. Um, one, Vince, Vince never count Vince out. Vince was getting his ass kicked no, in the Monday Night Wars. For that. You know, Vince was getting his ass kicked in the Monday Night Wars uh, with the NWO and shit like that, and then he fucking pushed DX strong and put the belt on fucking people like Austin and, and Mick Foley, and next thing you know, uh, no, I'm not taking a leak, Serenity. I was running a little bit of water. <laughs> but, uh, I was wondering. Wasn't going to say anything. You know, but <laughs> one, thing Vince, one thing Vince never did was he never, he instead of dropping a Monday night episode, he went live. He would go, he would go tit for tat and attack their weakness, and instead of doing that, like AEW has mashed everything, they put they put title matches on, they put once in a lifetime matches on, they put no DQ matches on, they put pay per view quality matches on on Wednesday night to make sure that nobody would tune into NXT if you know Jericho versus whoever in a you know whatever whatever kind of stipulation match is going on. So I think in this one time. Someone has really outmaneuvered Vinnie Mac, and and the fact that Hunter was put in that position to fail, I think there's a longer play involved. I, I think that you know Hunter, everyone is like Hunter has to take Vince McMahon's place. I don't think that's the case, and, and I think that's something that Vince McMahon is doing as far as a long play to show that that Hunter is not the guy. It has been all the time. And as soon as he's ready to come back and run the ship, it's going to be a whole different thing. Because Vinny Mac has never pulled the fuck about anything. Well, you also um, got to remember, too, Vince is old. With him, yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, a good old duel, especially during a COVID lockdown when people are looking for things to fight for, I mean, I, I just it doesn't really make sense for Vince to be like, okay, let's not do it. But then I have to financially remember, like, okay, their stadiums are empty, and their merch is a lot of their a lot of their money, a lot of yeah. their income. So, like, this is hitting them hard. This has, been one of the, this has been one of the worst times for, you know, you know, now the term is, you know, sports entertainment, but no matter how you look at it, this has been one of the worst time periods, period, for wrestling because you're able to see everybody work their thoughts, work their gimmick and everything without a crowd, without the crowd noise. The cameras are giving it away. You're able to hear them talk through their matches and everything. It's been one of the worst periods ever for wrestling. And the fact that 
AEW has been able to do it a lot more old school and more of a traditional way versus what WWE has become accustomed to winning at for the past 20 years. I, I just think well, it's, I think there's, I think it says a lot actually. And I think it really says something about Vince McMahon playing the long play to get Shane McMahon to run WWE, not Hunter, and which everybody thinks is going to be the deal. Could, I think this, 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 it, it could be like the ECW deal where he buys them. No, he could end up buying the other federation. I mean, I know it's a long shot, but I mean, he was able to take point. over ECW. Yeah, Cody has so much heat because of what Vince, you know, how they spoofed Dusty, you know, the way they fucking, yeah. you know, they did him. I just don't see, like, Cody would rather go bankrupt or just go wrestle in Japan before he did that. Well, see, you, you're hitting the nail right on the head with the buying of WCW and ECW. Vince hit them while they were financially struggling. They were, they were on the, yeah. both were on the verge of a bankruptcy. AEW is not hurting for money any more than no. WWE is right now. And that, I think that's the deciding factor. I think Serenity hit the nail on the head in an earlier comment about the fact with COVID and, and merchandise sales being down, ticket sales being down, like you were saying, Chris, that live performance, uh, live performance shows are just down in general. That may yeah. be the deciding factor on why Vince said, you know what, it's not time for the war right now because there's no money right now. Once everything right. gets back to some semblance of normal and the, the stadiums are filling up again, we may see a completely different McMahon maneuver. So that, that's mm -hmm. exactly my point. That's exactly my point on the long play. Because Vince plays chess, not checkers. And he allowed Hunter to put himself out there and fail at what was his brainchild. And he has always, whether he said it or not, there's no fucking way in the world Vince McMahon Jr., is going to hand the company over to the guy who's fucking his daughter and not his son. And he's waiting for the right time to put Shane, Shane O'Mac in that spot and then fuck him up. I think this is more of a long play than a short-term deal. That, that's the deal, I think. Well, I mean, even if, even if for the sake of argument, uh, Shane wants nothing to do with the company, wants to live out on his own and stuff like that, it would never go to Hunter. At the end of the day, it would be Stephanie controlling the company. It will always be a McMahon. Right. That's what I'm saying. And I think it goes to Shane before it goes to Stephanie, unless Shane just doesn't want to do it. But he keeps stepping back in. So he doesn't want to step away. He keeps stepping I thought that in. Each, didn't each kid own a separate federation? Yeah, they, they all have different pieces of the pie, uh, depending on how you look at it. Like Stephanie has a lot to do with promotional and merch, and yeah. Shane still has a lot to the production and the TV part of everything, so they're both heavily fucking involved. You just see well, Stephanie isn't Shane and talent scout too. He he's also talent coordinator. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, an agent he's, too. yeah. Yeah, he's the main one there. I, I thought so. And, and that's that's why I'm thinking the long play is in to go ahead and bury Hunter over the next five years and allow Shane to take this front runner lead. And go ahead and, and take it over whenever Benny steps steps away from it. Finally, he's about to be seventy four years old, guys. I mean, he can't keep being the front man for the company forever. And if he allows Hunter to fall on his big fucking nose, then he sets everything up wonderfully for either of his kids, preferably Shane. I think I, I, there's no way he doesn't want it to be his oldest kid. You know, I mean, I think so. I think that he's smart enough to do a trial period. I think that he's smart enough for the shareholders, for everyone involved, 
to be like, okay, I'm going to go on vacation to an island for six months, and you guys take care of it and handle business, and when he comes back, see what happens. I don't think he's a man to rush to decisions. I think no, he, not at all. His money's too I long to rush. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also such a hard time on them. I mean, I know just because of the industry that, yeah, merch is down for everyone. Leave it to me to take an entertainment section and let us all mark out about wrestling. We haven't done it for but you know, still. I just couldn't help it. But the fact that Vince McMahon threw in the towel, I was just like, what does that mean? And it's taken me a couple of weeks to put it together to actually talk about it. And I think the long play is, is what we're going to see on this. That, that's, that's where I would take it. With, with Vince throwing in a towel, Vince is not a person in general, just not only speaking as a person who's watched Vince McMahon since I was, you know, a wee child, but a person who's been in this business and knows the reputation of Vince McMahon. You know, uh, just plain and simple, it's like he may, he may have looked like he threw in the towel, but he's got a plan. Yeah, and that's what I think is a foot here. It's just a matter of who comes out on top, and I think he's just taking this as a great opportunity to let Hunter fall on his face so that way there's Stephanie or Shane. And I, I, no matter what, I think it's preferably Shane is the one who, you know, five years from now is the one who's actually driving the ship. He's the one who's been groomed for this. Stephanie inserted herself in that place. Shane's been groomed for it. So I think – I. I think hope that's what they hope. Well, the easiest way to put Shane in the po- uh, position is to do the same thing his father did. Be a commentator. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he bought it out from Vince Sr. and became the commentator. And unless you were a smart, unless you were smart enough, you didn't know Vince McMahon. Look at Colin over here yawning over it. I see you, buddy. <laughs> but you know I, I just I just think it, it is kind of an interesting thing whenever you're talking about a company that's valued at five billion dollars it is something kind of talk about whenever uh, you know movies and TV are on a hiatus right now we're getting into the first episodes of everybody's season there's not a lot to talk about there so this is the best thing for What's your up and deal this week? Well, here's 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 one I'll throw in to you, just because I'm a Star Wars fan and a Star Trek fan. Have you seen the little controversy now between Mark Hamill and uh, Patrick Stewart, both pushing to try to get a Star Wars Star Trek crossover? And this has been something that's been talked about for the past 15 years, and I think that this is going to be more scuttlebutt than anything um, uh, because of uh, Lucas and Disney not really having a part to play with Star Trek. There's a whole lot of merging and mending of fences that have to happen. has a lot more to do than just Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> so the, the, uh, yeah, the, no, many the fences, i.e. I, Disney buying <laughs> fucking Paramount, and it's done. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless it does come to that, that's, that's like really the only, uh, you know, there's a lot more at play than just Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart kind of wanting this to happen or having hurt feelings about it not happening yet. Um, there's, a, there's a lot more at play there with that. And, and so I think we'll see a lot more to come, especially once everything opens up. If we do get a return to a more normal like America next year, I think that might be a discussion that really picks up a lot of steam. But it is what it is. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, as a, as, a, as a fan of both shows, I hope none of those things happen. I do, too. I, I'm with you, John. I don't want to see them melded, because you have one that is very science-based, 
right. and another one that is completely science fictionalized. Right. And I think the the melding of the two is uh, just not a good idea. No, it, it would be a mistake. For all the fans to jerk off it. I you know. I, that's it. I'll play the devil's advocate because I I, I prefer the pure Trek, and I prefer it, it, people know that with how much I hate Star Trek Discovery and, and Lower Decks. You know, and and even parts of Picard, even though I think Picard's the best of the three shows they've released so far. Uh, and, you know, of course, <coughs> as much as a, uh, a Star Wars lover as I am, I'll play the devil's advocate and I say I'll be okay with a crossover if they did it in a satirical or cartoon format. Don't actually do something that's like would be considered canon in either that's franchise. That's going to be the problem because there's so many purists on both sides of the fence. They're never going to. They're never going to accept it, you know. I think that that's the problem with those two art forms. You just can't. There's no melding of it without making a satire of it, which then it loses. If it can't be canon, then what's the point, you know? I think right. there's just too many hardcore people that wouldn't yeah, wouldn't exactly. even stand in line. Star Wars, is Star Wars, and yeah. Star Trek is Star Trek. They're just two separate universes. They're two separate things. You try to put them both together, you end up with crappy Star Wars or crappy Star Trek, either way you look at it. I mean, it's you're going you're gonna to shine one or the other in a bad light and too yeah. much of a good light, and there's going to be too many people unhappy about yeah. how either yeah. of it is done. I just don't see how it could be an equal, a, a good mix. And there's no way you could do like a trilogy of it, because, you know, the first one is going to bomb out at the box office because there's too many purists that just won't buy a ticket. Yeah, I mean, Right away, you know that Luke Skywalker is going to get into it and beat Captain Kirk's ass. Yeah, and he's going to fuck him right up, and that's that. And then Spock will have to come and put the death grip on him, and it'll be end of story. Right. You know? I don't. I don't think it would be something like that. I think. I think if there was a story involved, it would be like you know Luke Skywalker taking on the Romulan is maybe the only idea or the Borg. One. That's the, that's the it only would be way. The Galactic you can... Empire it would be. It would be Vader and the Galactic Empire. And maybe they team up with, like, the Klingon Empire, for example. But the, the Rebel Alliance would be teaming up with the Federation. There, there's no way they would have Kirk or Picard and, and Luke or Ray or whoever fucking at odds with each other. But at, at the end of the day, if you do that, aren't you just talking about Battlestar Galactica? Hey, I'm cool with that. Let's just do a Battlestar Galactica movie. Yeah, that, that's that's one I haven't watched, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would totally be cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, right on. That's that's all I had to bring to the table too. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. I just I don't think it will work. I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars, and Star Trek is Star Trek. I mean, the characters are different, the the storylines are different, and there's they, I just don't I don't see them welding together very well well yeah like like chris days. like chris was saying i mean one of them is based in science the other is based in i mean well yeah exactly. the, the the force yeah, so with that. the force it's almost based in religious yeah right. so yeah right, it, right. It, it i don't think it would mix well and it would just piss both fan bases off right <laughs> yeah it's kind of like i mean that would be like 10 times worse one than what marvel did with all their stuff in DC, you know, I just I don't see it happening. I, I think they 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 got to pull their heads out their asses on that one. Otherwise, yeah. they're gonna have to really pissed off fans. I, I think you have two lead actors who are just like really having kind of a wet dream about you know, wouldn't it be great if we could do this and have one last hurrah? But you have the uh, the melding of two 
studio forces and and universes, and I just don't see how it's possible. And yeah, I, I, really I think from a pure standpoint, I don't. I, th- I think a better a better idea a better idea would be to just come up with another good series or another good movie of Star Trek instead of the crap that they've been that putting out lately. That's the melding of the two without actually using either of their names because you right. have a little bit of magic and force type of influence in Battlestar and you have a lot of Star Trek-y stuff and it's a totally new world. I mean, that was the whole point of Battlestar Galactica back in the 80s. Uh, so, you know, I think that's, that's really where you're going to see the best of it. Uh, not the, not the, you know, the combining of these two brands. I, I just don't think that's the way to go. It, you know what? If things work out the way they worked out this coming year, we're gonna be, we're all gonna be like Star Wars, what and Star Trek, who, when uh, the new Dune movie comes out. If this one comes out the way it's looking like it's gonna come out, this may I be, can't wait. This may be the premier uh, science fiction, science fantasy movie. Well, Frank Herbert, as a writer, whenever he wrote Dune, Dune of, Children of Dune, Messiah of Dune, that trilogy, the original trilogy, is a five-book saga. But at the beginning, it was a, a trilogy. It became right. five books. It actually became seven at the end of it. But that original trilogy, that is by far like the most epic science fiction story writing probably ever written, to be honest. No, and it, it, I, I think I think it I think it pales only to Lord of the Rings. Well, that's fantasy, not that's fantasy, not sci-fi. That's science fiction. They, 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 they still fall under the same genre. Book-wise, they still fall under the same genre. Only, only, only because they called it fantasy and science fiction, which to yeah. me, that's, to me, yeah. fantasy is different than science fiction. Well, hey, look, me I'll, too. I'll put it this way: I've had this argument before when we were talking about Game of Thrones, the books. And with Game of Thrones, a lot of people wanted to compare it to J.R.R. Tolkien, and I always said that's, that's the wrong comparison. No, because it's more, yeah. more relatable to Michael Moorcock. I, I actually, was, actually, I argued the point that it was more like a medieval dune because of the political standpoint. Yeah, Which is Michael Moorcock. Right. So, I mean, I, I understand where you guys are coming from. I mean, just overall, as far as the fantasy genre, which sci-fi falls under, in general... I think the only uh, book series that was ever stronger than Dune, theoretically, was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I don't think it's yeah, theoretically, yeah, because they yeah, have their own language. Agree. Like, these people, seriously, the Tolkien fans, Tolkien, that's a... Tolkien has his own idea. Bible. Tolkien, <laughs> while, while he was at Oxford, he actually completely created and crafted the Elvish language. Yeah that you see in the movies. I mean, that is a language. So, uh, it, yeah. you know, the, the depth of that is just incredible. And only Frank Herbert came close to mimicking that kind of writing depth, I guess is the right way not, to say it. Not true. I'll give credit, I'll give credit to Star Trek because Klingons have recognized language now. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So you can only give that to Roddenberry. Not. Yep. And, and uh, Gene Roddenberry it, it wrote the first... Uh, a couple stories of Star Trek while he lived here in Evansville, where I am. And the fact that, you know, 60 years later now, is it 60? Something 60 like or that. 65? 60, 65 years later, now one of the languages that was completely the gibberish in the original stories and books is now recognized as a language. But Tolkien, 
and Herbert wrote theirs from the original contract. That's the difference, I think, to me. What the fuck? That's what I'm watching. First, first you took a leak while we were on the air. Sorry, I was cleaning up after my kids because he left fucking Oreo cookies on my chair. Like, like eight packs of them. Jesus Christ! Have you seen where Oreo has come out with the new mega stuffs? No, but what did I see the other day? Uh, fucking the Yingling beer, which a lot of you guys may not know, uh, because I don't even drink it. I know the Yingling. <laughs> you know, yeah, Yingling. we know we know Yingling here. Yeah, okay, yeah. It, it doesn't go throughout the country. I remember when I first moved to Colorado. I don't remember just searching any bar for Yingling, and they all looked at me like I was an idiot. Um, yeah. But they are coming out with. I haven't missed either. They they came out with a Hershey flavored porter made out of Hershey yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Pat's Blue Ribbon has a coffee chocolate, um, which is like the greatest Irish car bomb there's ever been. Uh, but other than that, it's complete dumpster juice. Hashtag dumpster juice. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I would say I would say the IRA would probably disagree with you. Probably, yeah. Well, no, it's not the greatest carbon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at the fact we're, we're coining a new uh, new hashtag. Before it used to be it's Shovel Crew. Yeah, it's not new. Used, used, used to be Stumble Crew. Now it's going to be fucking uh, Dumpster Juice. <laughs> dumpster Juice has actually been part of the deal. Like, when did I appear yeah. on your show the first time, Don? Oh, it's back in like, it's been around since like March or February. It's actually, if you have yeah. down there, I think you were on before, before that. Yeah, I think you were on before that. Yeah. I think you might have been on yeah, like been November or something. Yeah. You know what? In honor of last week's episode, in honor of last week's episode, and as proof that we need serenity on the show all the time, I think the hashtag we should be pushing is slightly used cheese wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to know. Listen to last week's episode. You really don't. No, yeah. no, you don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, oh do you want a 12-inch pencil, inch pencil or a 4-inch cheese wheel? Which one? <laughs> well, um, depends on who it's attached to, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. What were you talking about? Now you were behind a truck, Mr. Softy or something? In the chat after we did that episode with the uh, alien with the alien dick sex toy, uh, I actually posted the uh, YouTube video that I discovered of that. Did you watch that? He means the one he I made. He means he posted no, the YouTube video he made. I couldn't help myself. I had to watch the stupid thing. It was the weirdest it's video. Really, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I, I did see the video on how to make your own gelatin um, eggs. That that one yeah, popped no, up. This is, no, this is a totally different thing. Really, yeah. No. Oh you man. Me up my YouTube feed now. I get weird stuff coming up now. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm's off now. 
You need it. You need it for the next week. Just look for two puppies and kittens to fix your algorithm problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting all kinds of aquarium stuff coming at me now. <laughs> what? Even better. Yeah. It's terrible. Tentacle <laughs> <laughs> porn. That's a big thing in Japan now. Yeah. Tentacle porn. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, that was. If you see if you see La Blue Girl, you know damn right well tentacle porn ain't nothing new in Japan. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. Oh, blue. Speaking of blue, earlier today somebody posted. <laughs> somebody posted a, a little short video of this blue squirrel coming out from a tree and hopping across the park. And all I could think of is that poor squirrel somehow got trapped in a porta potty and got dyed blue. It's a very good possibility. Oh my god. Who was it that did that in Jackass? Who got covered in the blue dye getting slingshotted in the porta potty? Steve O. Was it Steve O? Yeah. 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 Yes. That was his first his first actual stunt after being sober. Yeah. All of those years of being totally fucked up. That was his first stunt that he signed off on. He's like, Yeah, I'm clean and sober. Fuck it, let's do it. And they strap him into a fucking porta potty and cover him in blue juice. That's great. Little boy blue. He needed the money. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little boy blue. He needed the money. <laughs> God love Andrew Dice Play. <laughs> yeah, pass. <laughs> Oh, he's a I can't stand him. Never could. Oh, he wasn't totally, totally. But whenever it comes to cutting edge, like changing the format from Bill Cosby himself and all the George Carlin specials, there had to be like that step over, and he was it. Uh, That's what gave us Sam Wilson. That's what gave us all the guys and like Bill Hicks and all that stuff. They wouldn't have came about if it wasn't for guys. You know, that's the only reason I give him credit. I still won't. Yeah. I still think there are yeah. far better comics that deserve that credit. Oh, he was just, yeah, totally. oh, on that. I mean, I mean, even even trying to give him that credit, I I don't agree with that. I don't think he was the one that stepped up and bridged that gap. Uh, on that note, who do you think it was? Hold, hold that thought. On that note, we're going to jump right into after hours where we're going to be talking about comedians. We got fuck it, we're having this conversation. <laughs> Two, one. Welcome to After Hours. Continue. Who do you think it was? If it, was, if it wasn't Dice Man that made the bridge from, you know, Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip, or George Carlin, or the Robin Williams Originals uh, specials, or Gallagher, and then all of a sudden you have Bill Hicks and you have Sam Kinison. Who made the jump then if it wasn't Dice Man? Who? Who was it? I would say I, would I don't say think I don't think Guinness. I don't. I don't, I don't think Dice Clay was out there before Kennison. I don't think Dice was out there before Kennison. No, no, it was Kennison was out. Kennison was on Letterman before Dice Man, but Dice Man got the first big special before Kennison. That's yeah. why I think there's a bridge. Yeah, and Dane Cook had a special too, so my dog could probably get one. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, do, I don't think the the only thing the only thing fun uh, Dice Clay ever did was the the movie uh, 
night patrol Hitler. where he was making fun oh, of himself okay. anyway. Because, no, Ford Fairlane was stupid as shit, too. I just, oh, I'm not a fan. He's a worker, man. He worked for everything he got. He yeah. Was he was chasing those deals. Yeah, I, but, I, you saw him in Star is Born. Like, my wife saw the movie five times, and it took me pointing it out that that was Dice. And she was like, oh my God, like, what? I don't, but going back to the original part of it, like, I don't know. It just, just for me, because of uh, being, falling in love with comedy, going for Bill Cosby himself, Richard Pryor, of course, listening to it when your parents weren't looking or whatever. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Delirious, and everything. There had to be a jump. There was your guy. There was your guy. You just said it. You just yeah. said him. I, I didn't even think Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy? Eddie I would, Murphy. I would yeah. give it to Eddie, Eddie Murphy long before I would Andrew Dice Clay, because Di- oh, yeah. Dice to me was was a hack. He, I never... He he was a shock comic. I don't know if he was... I don't, yeah. th- I don't yeah. even think he was he the was first one. He was the turn of comics in, in the late uh, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying he didn't work hard. He knew how to promote. But as far no, as as far as, as, far as his comedy, as far as as far as his comedy goes, working. he was crap. But yes, he was always working. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot of shit comics get booked a lot, but that doesn't mean they're good his, comics. His original material wasn't like incredibly groundbreaking or very original or good. You know, taking the commercial line and 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 well, you can't hate everything he did. You can't hate everything he did. No, I don't hate everything, everything he did. I just, I like don't like shit. his comedy. I never cared for his comedy. Well, that's not right. Like, because. Skits, like, you may not like all the skits, but even you've got to admit, like, the, 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 the dirty nursery rhymes, for lack of a better term, that was a solid skit for him. But that's what put him over, and that's what carried him for probably, like, ten years. So yeah. I get what Don's saying. And there are other people that did those as well. I don't yeah, think it originated yeah. with him. I don't think yeah, any of his material really was really all that original. Okay. He was kind of picking up where Buddy Hackett had left off, actually. Whenever it comes no. to that kind of material, Buddy Hackett had done it like 20 years before, and Rodney Dangerfield had done quite a bit of it. I just, I, I don't know, because, you know, that was at, at that time whenever Dice Man Cometh, that big LP that came out and put him over, all of a sudden, he's the first comedian beside... Pryor and, and, and Eddie Murphy, who's doing arenas, um, that was uh, the work that actually put him over. And, and he was really just kind of continuing what Red Fox had already done, what Buddy Hackett had already done, and to some extent what Rodney Dangerfield himself had actually mm-hmm. done. And if it wasn't for Rodney, he would never have gotten over. Yeah, but you know right. what I would do? Rodney's young comedian hour that put him and Kinnison over. Yeah. If it wasn't for Rodney, neither one of them would be part of the conversation. Now, see, I would, I would I make the, I would make the argument that half these, half these uh, shock comedians, uh, in general, and and roast style comedians in general, would not exist without Don Rickles. I'll well, give you yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Don, Don Rickles was brilliant. Yeah. And he, but he was a brilliant one-liner, not a storyteller. Right. Who Don? That's the thing. Yeah, he have did not do a lot of. Have you never watched Don's special? I have seen Don's special, and he did have two good stories, but he was mostly a, a one-liner guy. And whereas Buddy Hackett was able to tell stories, Don, and, and Rodney was able to tell stories, 
So I, I see where Don's coming from, but it's just kind of like a romantic period for me as far as like comedy, falling in love with it. He was that, that age group of whenever I was 17 or 18, and all of a sudden it's hickory dickory dock. Some bitch is yeah. stuck in my cock. Yeah, we're the same age. We're the same age, so I was right there too. I was also a fan of comedy. Yeah. Still hated him. Still hated him. And okay. and, and I'm 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 going to go a little further. Never saw the appeal to Bill Hicks. Really? Never saw it. I've okay. I've watched a couple of his specials. I've watched a couple of his specials. It's like, eh, yeah. okay. It doesn't and, it doesn't translate well to today for sure. Yeah. yeah but but you Hill. Oh, I lo- I grew up well, on Benny Hill too. Great, Absolutely. But that was also sixty eight to seventy five. Yeah. And Bill Hicks was like, you know, his prime was ninety two to ninety four. Yeah. And it doesn't translate now the way you know, it's kinda like um what's his face from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the original fucking from the 50s and 60s, the guy that got arrested all the time for being on heroin. And oh, okay, on. I know who you're talking about, I think. Oh, it is? Uh, you know who L- Lenny talking, Bruce? Huh? Lenny Bruce. His, his comedy was groundbreaking. Yeah. And Trent said it. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had Robin Williams or Richard Pryor or even Red Fox. But his comedy does not translate to today. It no. does not carry over well at all. It's it's actually bad comedy if you look at it now. But <laughs> which, is, which is weird because you can go back to some others like the Three Stooges or Abbott and Costello, and I mean, their shit's timeless. Yeah. But that slapstick. They're, not, they're, not, they're not, even, not even slapstick. The, the intelligence, one skit, that's all I got to say for anybody who enjoys comedy. And that's who's on first. Yeah. My kids laugh at it as hard as I laugh at it as hard as my mother laughed at it yeah. as hard as my grandparents laughed at it. But you got the slap in the face, you got the tip of the hat. It's still slapstick. You know, it's vaudeville. It's vaudeville. It's vaudeville. Yeah. Even though it is a pie in the face, that doesn't mean it's not slapstick. You know what? Okay. Okay. Is that like today you go up and you ask somebody who's like eighteen to twenty-five. You know, maybe even up to 30, you ask them, do you know who Benny Hill is? And they might not even oh, know who no, that no. is. No. You know? No idea. Um, or Sam Kinison, they'd be like, who's that? You know? Right. It, it, but there, there's nobody uh, that's pushing this type of stuff. You, you can go to most comedy clubs around college campuses right now and just mimic Sam Kinison and get a lot of laughs that people would think you're doing original material. Right, because people and, forget. And if you just updated it a little bit to today's topics, you could mimic Sam Kennison right now and get a lot of laughs to people who don't know the difference. Yeah. You could never do it at the store. You could never do it at, like, real comedy clubs. But you could do it at a lot of places around the country, and people would be like, oh, that's fucking great, because yeah. they wouldn't know the difference, you know, because, yeah. you know, that's almost 30 years ago now. Right, and, and you could really do it in the room, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it killed it. Basically, yeah. you know, because everywhere he went, he had to do a lot of cocaine like that. You know, it was like right. well, the drug habit. The drawback yeah. of a lot of the entertainers today is they get sucked into that drug habit, and before you know it, it's got its hooks in them and it takes them away. It's part of the scene. You know, whenever you're at the clubs every night and you're doing, I mean, it's just part of the deal. Well, I mean, really it what do you mean? Just, I ain't at the club. I own a club. What are you talking about, man? It goes back to that old adjective that comedy comes from a dark place. Yeah. A lot of these guys wind up on drugs and everything else because 
They're even broken to begin with. So they're, yeah, because yeah, they're already broken to begin with, and then they're yeah. trying so hard to, to be funny and entertain other people that they're, they're they're basically running themselves on empty to begin with. Oh, yeah. So okay, let me just say that it's always a choice. <laughs> okay. Well, I have been in a room full of people on all kinds of stuff than the only person that only smokes pot. And people look at me like I'm weird, but you know what? It is my choice and my decision. So, and, and you're lucky to be in the, you're very lucky to be in that spot and speaking from the other side of it. Whenever that's what makes you get well, over it. Yeah. If that's your crutch to be able to get over, then how are you ever gonna get off that crutch? Like you feel like you've lost that vein of funny or that vein of entertaining if you don't have that crutch. And and to be one someone who hasn't needed it to be part of the conversation or to be entertaining, that's great. That's a very special place to be. But for most of these people who come from being a broken person to begin with, and that's how they overcome all of these dark thoughts and dark dark spots of their life and everything, is the substance abuse to be able to get through it. Whenever you're on that side of it and being on that crutch, like, how can you get off of it and still maintain that high of what you get from you know, getting it snow in front of a thousand people in a comedy? No. But from but from a vein of but but from a vein of a of a tough comedian, uh, one of my fav- favorites for the modern era is Stephen Lynch. And if you ever want to see that there yeah. is there is Steve life, Lynch is great. There there yeah. is life on the other side of substance abuse. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is watch Stephen Lynch's special Live at the Del Rey when he was but it on took cocaine. Years, right when he was it on took cocaine twelve years of rehab for him to get there. Right, but I'm saying like you watch that and you see what he's like on cocaine. Then yeah. you go and watch Hello Kalamazoo, where he's completely yeah. clean and sober. And I, I would argue he's funnier. Yeah. He, he is funnier because he's more well thought out. He has more, he has more depth in everything that he's talking about. But it took him twelve years to get there. That's like most people cannot wait out that that time span to be able to get back to being relevant. You know, right. he's 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 literally one in a million, literally. Yeah, I'm just, and maybe I'm, just, I'm just glad oh, being involved in comedy. I haven't developed any dependencies, but I'm going to get another drink. Jason. Be right back. Didn't he just do that reboot? And is he sober now? He just got out of reboot from being on a six-year bender, so we can't claim him. Well, we can because he oh. did. He, he also did Clerks too Queen. He may have fallen off of the wagon, and had to go back, but he was again. Like, again, he had been in. He had been in rehab. He had been in rehab after being on like a two-year bender before Clerks Two. So you can't really pick out a time with Jason Mewes that while um, while he allows him to film when he does get clean, it's like okay, you can get this check. If you go to rehab and get yourself cleaned up, that's what Kevin Smith does to him. And then, you know, but he's been on that vendor for two years or four years or six years in between his movies. Well, think and about Kevin, it. You got to get you cleaned up, buddy. You got to think about yeah. it, too. For Jason Hughes, for, for Jason Hughes as an example, part of his problem, and I would blame half of this on Kevin Smith, part of his problem is he's so typecasted, he can't do anything that isn't Jay. You know, look at Zach and Mary make a porno. You don't see the guy he's supposed to be. You see Jay, you know, or if you look at the other movie that they did with Paris Hilton, 
that wasn't even a Kevin right. Smith film, he would still Jay. He he typecasted that character, and you got to imagine that's got to be enough to fucking fuck with his own. Look, you know that's what again. That's what happened to Sam Kinison. That's what happened to Dice at the beginning. It took. It's taken thirty years for Dice to not be Dice anymore. And it, it also happened to Robin Williams leading up to his death. He was, he was not able to perform the comedy that he did in the 80s, so he became a different person to make everyone else happy, but he wasn't himself. That's right. right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there's some other ones. Like, uh, I would argue that the, that the, huh. change, the change killed the comedian. Uh, you, yeah. you, think about, you think about Tim Allen or, or, or uh, Bob Saget or uh, uh, Dennis Leary. These guys were the funny edge shot comedians. And as, yeah. soon as, they, as soon as they had a uh, as soon as they had a family special on ABC, that was the end of them. Well, you know, and the funny thing about like Bob Saget is he got away from his contract <laughs> so he could go back to do a blue comedy. And Dennis Leary never did. And um, so Bob Saget, he did get away from his contract. Dennis Leary never did, but he went on to do a couple specials, being very blue. Because he was like, fuck it, if you don't want to sign me, don't sign me. And that's what got him Fahrenheit 911, or the, the 911 series, where he was a firefighter. And then, uh, because he was like, fuck the industry. And so everybody, they went, up, went ahead and signed him on FX. Um, so yeah, it's very complicated, but you're talking that we have now named five. Five comedians out of, God, how many comedians are you in it work? One or two. <laughs> yeah, we're talking, you know, thousands. We're talking yeah. five people who've been able to break their mold that made them famous and then, you know, get sober and become and still do something that they were good at to begin with. Um, I, I, I just think it's... I'm almost it, thinking it's turned on for Halloween. What the industry does to so many people. <laughs> and, and Serenity, you're fucking shit up. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it when you gave it the old face. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I'm like, I'm getting turned on by a monkey. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> yeah, easy there, Mr. Softy. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's as far as an, as an after-hours discussion, talking about these comedians who, who bridge the gap over generations, and then talking about the people who've had the longevity, they've been able to overcome their substance and still remain relevant, you can name two or three people. And that's it. And that's that's the unfortunate part where yeah. it takes the substances or it takes the abuse of things to you know for the the star rises really fast. You either you know fade out fast. What is it? Fade away or you know whatever that fucking saying is. Um, you know, you know uh, fade away. That's right. There's so ninety nine point nine nine percent are in that category, and we're able to talk about the creature of the blue lagoon. Right. And, uh, you know, four or five other people uh, who have been able to you know, hold on to that. Yeah, the creature of the and Black Lagoon was definitely a great stand-up comedian. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. he was very funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, but like like I said, I mean, all right, I'm going to put Don on the spot. He owns a comedy club. He's a stand-up comedian himself. Yeah. He, with you with you being uh, able to see some up-and-comers uh, out there in Dayton, how many of them do you think would have the ability to go the distance? And 
taking consideration they're all watching this show right now. All of them. All of them are lovely. Well, lovely human well, beings. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> There, there are a couple, and it, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't go so much as by who's the funniest, because you can be the funniest comic out there if you don't work your ass off to get booked, if you don't work your ass off to build a following, build a social media platform, if you don't do the work, you're not going to get there. There are a couple. There are a couple in particular that I'm not going to mention names because, like you said, they're listening. But most of them I've had talks <laughs> with about, and there are some that definitely would have the ability that are funny enough and work hard enough that within ten years I could see them definitely taken off. And then there are then there are are, are several more that if they don't burn out and quit within ten years, they'll still be performing comedy in Dayton. And only in Dayton, and that's that's, that's the that's unfortunate the thing. thing. Right, is, is, is the fact that it, it's a ten-year period that you have to put in, and either you, you fade out before that ten-year mark, or you keep going and remain consistent, continuing to put out the content. Yeah. There's so many people because of what social media, like twist our judgment on shit. It makes people think that overnight success is really overnight. So right. many people don't realize that, you know, what you see is the back end of the last 10 years of sleeping in your car. Yeah. Or you and your wife eating ramen noodles for the past two months. So that way you could be able to, you know, ride, ride and go to Dayton or go to Cincinnati or go to Indianapolis and perform at clubs to get $50. Right. If you're fucking lucky. If, yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah. Or, or you might pay $20 to get your mic time. Yeah, so that I wouldn't do. Those times are still around, too. You're hitting on the summit that you go to. So yeah, I, mean, that's, I, that's I have never paid to do time. But in New York and Florida, there are and some. LA, yeah. It happens all yeah. the time. You're, you're not too far yeah. from the. You're not too far from the truth, especially when it comes to social media. Uh, I don't know how 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 much, how much it may be in the comedy world, but like in the music world, people like Justin Bieber have completely destroyed. Uh, what it's like in the music industry because of the fact that right, look, right, media, people, everybody else's opinion up, yeah. Right. Everybody thinks that you put out a music video on YouTube, you're a fucking superstar. Dude, I've got a music video on YouTube, and I'm still uh, still broadcasting from a basement. Okay? Just because you made a song and put it on YouTube, you are not a musician. You right. know, the no. struggles of going out booking gigs, playing shit gigs for fucking shit money. If you're lucky enough to get paid at all, yep. just to try to make I, enough money to cut a fucking demo to hand out yep. a fucking shit other people's shows, you know, there's there's a lot of work that goes into it that these people just do not understand. My, not my show, late night cramp sessions of writing songs, right? And and like and, and like uh, uh, traversing the bridge, you know, whatever, however you want to say it. Like for us as podcasters, like originally, me and my show was made with myself and a co-host. And my co-host is no longer part of the show because of the original, the, the thought of immediate payoff. Because we right. had a couple episodes or a couple of posts where all of a sudden we grabbed 10,000 here, or we had a month where we had 20,000 views or whatever because of a couple of cool, cool shows with cool guests. It was like, okay, it's time to divvy up money. I was like, dude. There's no fucking money. What are you talking about? <laughs> Everything that we've done so far has been out of my pocket. What are you talking yeah. about? You want more of my money? Like, you want me to just mail you a check, bro? Like, and this is someone that I've been, I was friends with for 20 years. 
And it, and I warned him at the very beginning that this takes for us to even imagine having a sponsor or imagine having advertising or imagine have a serious followership. It takes a year at minimum of serious content all the fucking time. And if you're lucky, it might still take five years before you see your first penny. Yeah. And he was like, oh, we had an episode where we had 10,000 views. Where's the money? I was like, bro, there's no goddamn money. We don't get, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And we had like the hugest falling out, man. Speaking and, I, and I was speaking like, bro, of I told you to begin with. Speaking of this podcast, is brought to you by the Nursing Guild. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's Thank like, you, you know, whenever we, did, whenever we did get our first advertiser, he was like immediately, it was like immediately, where's the money? Right. And whenever we got our first sponsor, which is a small-scale sponsor, but within your first year, getting an advertiser or a sponsor is actually a big deal on podcasts. Oh, absolutely. People don't get that. And, and so, you know, it was like immediately, where's the money? I'm like, dude, I'm buying this mics. I'm buying this mixing boards. I'm buying this, you know, I'm buying the shit we need to improve our audio. So that way, whenever it comes time to actually, when you have those numbers backing you up, you can show it to a advertiser or a sponsor that you have the actual production quality, the actual audio quality. This shit takes time building up. And it was the immediate gratification of it. And I was like, bro, that's not how it works. And I lost a friend of 20 years. Isn't, isn't it yeah. funny how people What's do that? that? Isn't it funny how people do that? Again, for four years, we're all in the middle. Like, we've all talked about it with Joyner. Right. For, with, for, the falling outs that he's had. Yeah. It's like so fucked up. For four, for four years, Realm of Myth Entertainment had struggled and, and, and fought to even be a podcast. And during that time, I've had so many people that wanted the instant gratification or thought that we would instantly become like and success superstars. And they yeah. would blame me. They would blame me. Right. Yeah. And and they want they wanted they they wanted the instant gratification. They wanted the money. They wanted the superstardom. They wanted to put in none of the work. That's why I got See, made. It's like you've done nothing to do all the editing. Superstar. What are you talking about? Here's I'm here's the one that did all the editing. I'm the one that did all the promotion. I'm the one that created all the content as far as like coming up with something yeah. matters. Yeah. They, just showed up, the they showed up. They showed up. They showed up on camera, and that was it. And when they didn't get their stardom that they were hoping Rumble Myth would provide for them that day, it was my fault. Yeah, absolutely. And, and whenever, whenever, whenever the last blow up happened with with the, the crew that you had, me and you had that exact conversation. I was like, these people are showing up like they're the talent, yeah. and they don't even understand the work that goes on behind the scenes that actually puts the talent out for everybody to listen to. They don't understand the booker part of it. They don't understand that aspect of it, and yeah. and it's so fucked up. It. And I don't know what that skew is that is happening. And we're talking about forty-year-old men mm -hmm. or yeah. women, and, uh, and and it's like, oh, where's my fucking instant fucking Dairy Queen milkshake? You know, fucking because I fucking talked. Yeah, dude, you talked every fucking day, and nobody has ever listened to you. Why do you think you're going to get paid all of a sudden now? <laughs> right. <laughs> had, you know, you know, I, one fucking cool show that got ten thousand hits. It's, okay, it's, that's cool. That's how you build all that. That's how you get there. Yeah, it's, it's all on how you go into it. Because I went into the life radio show. Yeah. I went into the life radio show with no expectations. I still, I'm doing right? it for fun. I'm doing it because it's something I love to do. I'm doing it because I can mm -hmm. get out of work having a really shitty day, spend an hour talking to somebody I've never met, have an absolute blast. Yeah. And I love doing that. The, you know, if I never make a dime doing it, I'll still be doing it. 
because I that's what I love to do. It's the same thing with the films I'm in. I don't get big money to produce these films. They're independent films. We're lucky if we get paid. And most of the time I do, but it's not much. It's like, you know, a few hundred here and there. And that's it. But that's I'm doing cool. these things because it's something I love to do. Will it ever lead somewhere? I don't know. If it doesn't, it I'm still happy Einstein doing what I'm doing. As a patent clerk. Right. You're, you're, it's not always about the ending, it's about the journey. Exactly. exactly. And here's a, really, here's a really funny thing about that, is that the same friend I'm talking about, me and my wife just started a new show last week, and we're doing just streaming only. It's not a podcast, it's a live stream, or straight to Facebook. I saw that. Nothing big or fancy, okay? Which, last by the week, way, which, by the way, you got to make them shareable, because I tried to share them out, and they didn't have the share button. Yeah, I yeah I, uh, I I figured out the way to fix that on the last one. I'll make sure you get it for that. Right. But uh, our first two episodes, all of a sudden, it was reached by like twenty eight hundred people, and we had like a thousand views between the two episodes. But live live streaming is way different than podcast listening, right? But as soon as he saw that, because he's still an admin in the groups, he saw that we all of a sudden reached three thousand people. And we were seen by a thousand people on these two episodes. All of a sudden, out of the, out of the blue, after two months of us not talking after this last blow up, where's my money? Like, can you re- can you remove me as an admin of the group? I think it's really odd that I would be the admin of a group of some of a show that I'm not part of. I was like, bro, I'm leaving you the spot open. You're always a part of it. We created it together. Yeah. And he's like. Because he saw these views go out, immediately I get a response like, take me off the show. And I'm like, why do you want to do that? All of a sudden, like, we're getting numbers that are trackable. Like, we're doing things. And you're wanting to, like, jump out of it because, you know, I just don't understand that part of it. And people's lack of reality with that stuff. And I don't want to, I don't want to, it's a personal thing. It really is at the end of the day. Like, as a dude, it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad on your friends for twenty years, man. I don't want to talk bad on your friends, and, and and I don't want this to be taken as I'm talking bad on your friends. He's not going to see it. He's removed himself. <laughs> but I'm saying, even to, even to you, I don't want you to think I'm talking bad on your friend. But it seems like I'm, he has a superstar mentality. He wants yeah. to be removed because he's not a part of it. But the problem is, he didn't he didn't want to be a part of it when you had to do the work to make it successful. And, and I said that to him one, one day in a conversation. I was like, dude, you can't put in one hour a week and expect something to pay off. Like, it takes 10,000 hours to become a master of whatever it is you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're an archer or a bowmaker or whatever. It takes 10,000 hours of practice to become good. And you're putting in an hour a week and you're expecting a payoff, bro? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm doing all the editing. I'm doing all the posting. I'm doing all of this stuff. And it's... And, and this is, you know, well, this is a defending moment. It doesn't moment. sound like and he so really sorry. was in it. Yeah. No, it just doesn't sound like he was in it for the right reasons then. Right. Because if he was really your friend, yeah. then he would just be there for the ride. And you it feels like, you know, like 20 years later, it's like, were we friends? Or, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, like, that's, that's hard. You know, I've, I've had a hard time dealing with that, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's, um, the, same, it's uh, the same thing in pro wrestling. I've had friends, and Serenity knows it. I've had friends that I've had throughout the business. You know how many of them talk to me now because I don't help their career? Yeah, none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a few. There's none. Really? Yeah, outside of her? 
There's none. Outside, of, bird light, outside <laughs> of bird, lightning, blind, Mike, I don't talk to any of the people that were my yeah. friends. It's, the, it's the same way with me and, and the original creator of my show, and it's like, and I'm not going to change. Uh, the only thing I did was change the format so that way it would be easier to be able to maintain. Me and Don have talked about this before. Instead of having to review a whole show and everything before we come back and do these two other shows, it, it, uh, it, it, it was just, man, it was just like almost heartbreaking, dude. It really was to, to be hit with something like that whenever it was like, dude, this is going to be a cool ride. If we put in the work. Do the work, and it was like a, I'm a putting in the work, and then you're making it sound like your wife, you're doing all of this stuff. You edited two shows out of the fucking seventy that we did. You never guest appeared with me, other than one time with Don. You never did any of this shit, you know. <laughs> all of this extra stuff that goes into it, I was like, God. I mean, it was just like it's been a, it's it's a, literally been like a really gut gut wrenching couple of months because like I've been almost antagonistic towards everybody else because of the bad vibe I got from that. And it was like, God damn it, dude. Like, it, like you're the one who was, it wasn't supposed to happen. Like, with Wait, that, was he, was he a podcaster? Like, Never. To begin this... with, it was all my idea. I created everything, and I was like, dude, let's get in. And That's he was just, like, cool, I'm the one for the ride. And then it was like, it's time like for payoff because we had one big episode. He didn't want to do and the work and he didn't have the guts to be into it like you were. No. I mean, it yeah. sucks, but sometimes sometimes that happens with things. Yeah. You know, we're approaching a one-year anniversary. Next month, I turn 50 Friday, and the month after is our one-year anniversary of the first show. And we've had, and we've reached, you know, between Facebook and all the views and everything, 250,000 fucking people. There's not a whole lot of fucking shows that can say that in one year. Right. That's and if we're on the verge of actually kind of maybe doing something, not that I'm going to make a living off of it, but we're on the verge of kind of, kind of, you know, like turning a corner. And you're backing out now. It's kind of like planting the seeds of a rose and then stop yeah. watering it before it breaks the ground, that old expression. I was right. like, bro, yeah. it's just so yeah. heartbreaking without shit with anything maybe the expectations were different on either side you know like yeah. maybe he didn't understand what becoming part like of I a podcast meant wrong, right? I gave him the wrong premise or I, or I pitched it wrong like, and I never like so like we were going to get rich in a couple of years I never told it like that I was like dude this is going to take a lot of work right because if know, you want everybody yeah, knows if you want to get rich quick buy a comedy club I got a story figure. I'm going to take you back about 33 years when I was 10 years old and I was sitting around and my parents, my well, family. Well, wait, stop. Owned... Well, wait, stop. You're 43 years old? Yeah. What the fuck have you been eating? <laughs> <laughs> You're my age and I look like I'm double your fucking age. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, He's not allowed to stay on air because the mother already was taking shots of it. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I have a high metabolism and I, I take care of myself. Um, but, yeah, unlike the rest of us, he takes care of himself. Back thing. As you're um, as you're vaping, we're all drinking. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I don't drink. I haven't drank in 13 years. Um, 
the butt 33 years ago. Smoking, motherfucker. I was a young man. I was 10 years old. And and there I was in the midst of a strip joint, um, exotic dancer establishment. and um, We called them entertainers. Right, adult entertainers. Um, <laughs> who were all my friends. I was a child, but they were friends of mine. Um, and my uh, family would book different uh, comedians uh, one night a week. And they would go through all these different uh, agents. <laughs> Serenity. <laughs> oh my god, they killed Kenny! <laughs> that is a great filter though, it fits you perfectly. So they had these and we have to go to uh, Minneapolis with my mom. I go to Minneapolis and um, we go to these agencies and then they look through portfolios of different people um, and the dance end of it and in the comedian end of it and they would bring back my mom had all these folders of all these comedians and stuff, and so she would sit down with my dad, and they would look at all these different comedians and figure out which one looked like they wanted to hire and have come in and do a show. And the ones they picked always had the best portfolios, meaning that those were the ones that put the money in, they put the work in, they put the time in, they put the legwork to get where they were going to be. And um, I tell you what. They always picked good comedians. Um, everybody enjoyed the show when uh, they did the comedy night. And, and that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks, Chris. That, yeah, that visual. Um, Slightly unique. We're about to see some good... More Needless to say, it's where I was at 10 years old. And they, they struck the comedian as my babysitter. They struck the comedian as my babysitter. So the, the comedian was my babysitter, and um, my dad was leasing a Lincoln Continental at the time. So here I am with the comedian, who's a black man, in a small town in northern Michigan, which is predominantly white, cruising around town with this black man in a Lincoln. You can just imagine how that looked with the strippers hanging oh, out in the back yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So that, there's my story, Chris. Uh, but it's a long way to the top. And the people that get noticed are the ones with the portfolios that put the legwork in, that put themselves out there, that work for it. I mean, and I've seen that at 10 years yeah. old. So, I mean, you just got to recognize that some people are into what they're doing and they want to work for it, they want to do the lake work, and they want to do the, the hands-on, and get their hands dirty, and bust it, and some people just don't have it in them to do that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. exactly it. Like, I, I may not be a fan of somebody like John Cena, and I'm especially not a fan of the urban culture, but one mentality that they both always kind of put hustle. forefront is hustle. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Uh -huh. If you want something, you hustle to get it. Be on that grind, man. That's just the way it is, you know, and, 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 um, Looking at it uh, from, you know, because the past couple months from that whole experience with my original co-host and everything, it's been like where I've been a, and, uh, kind of antagonistic towards other people. It's like, you know, fuck, we're either going to do this or we're going to do that or, you know, either you're, you're part of it because of that whole fallout. And, and it created like a not very cool vibe between me and, and a couple other people. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, so I've softened that a little bit, but just that, that whole couple months of, of looking at it and thinking, you know, like this is like someone that, you know, as a 50 year old man, I call a BFF, 
you know, like like I'm fucking 13, and then you know, all of a sudden it's a fallout because of that. It's like you you have to you have to kind of to do this work, at least for me to do this work, you kind of have a have to have a split personality, like uh, with a per- being a person who runs a network for four years, has been doing shows all that time. I've got over a thousand shows in the can, many different shows, you know, episodes from different shows that have been produced by Rumble and Entertainment, most of which I've been on. And it's because of this mentality. When I'm on camera, when I'm sitting down with a panel or a group, I'm having fun. This is the hot. This is the fun. Right. Yeah. When the camera shuts off and I'm in front of my computer, I'm the it's only time to Rumble and Entertainment. Yeah. It's a completely yeah. different person. Yeah. I'm no longer your friend, your friend, your friend, your friend. I'm the yeah. guy trying to get the fucking product out. Yeah. And I'm the person who kind of carries that over all the time. <laughs> Except for, you know, like the 30 or 45 minutes where I get to be on screen, even, you know, behind the scenes talking to other people. Like, I'm the first person who's going to come at you, like, really aggressive because of this fallout that happened because of basically the week of Fourth of July. I'm talking from a very personal experience of, being clean off of opioids and then all of a sudden my friend comes into town is like hey it's time to party and i'm like okay i'll make a couple phone calls it's time to party and then all of a sudden they think i'm fucking them over and then at, at the same time the whole fallout of the show happens it's like bro i why i why couldn't we have ever been better than that man like for real like it, also a lot of friendships because of that and it was like I thought we were just going to party for the week and it was like me and my wife put in a lot of work to get you know just fucking you know drink and fucking smoke to get off of everything else and then you come in town for a week and it's time to blow all that up and I'm like cool it's time for the party whatever I get it and then move on and then blow everything up you know like like I'm some sort of piece of shit so I've been like really fucking shitty with a lot of people when I shouldn't have been, but you know it is what it is. It, it's hard, it, 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 and it's really weird that I'll say this because again I've been in the music industry, which Serenity will attest to. I've been in the wrestling industry, which Serenity and Chris will attest to. There's some shady backstabbing motherfuckers in it. Fuck yeah. In my experience, in my experience, the podcasting world is dark. <laughs> there is. Yeah. A, there is there is some <laughs> shitty motherfuckers that will yeah. get all over you to get their fucking extra listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 it one is very hard to find friends. Being fake or if they're putting on a show or if they're, you know, whatever. Like, there's been a whole bunch of people I've second-guessed just because of this whole past two or three months. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's been a, a few people where I like, that dude's full of fucking shit just because of this. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not fair. That's not cool. You know, but, you know, I don't know that person from Adam. But because of this whole experience and, and because I'm, like, straight line and wanting to do my thing, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to put out content no matter what. Well, I look at other people and I'm like, I think that person's full of shit. And I don't even fucking know him. But it's first impression because of it, it's kind of like a back catalog of things. You know, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. cool. But, you know, it is what it is. That's why I try to surround myself with my show for people I can trust, which is why it's so devastating when I find out the people I surrounded myself around before were not that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, 
Okay, that didn't mean to get dark. We were talking about comedians, but we got there quick. Hey, <laughs> we are. When you talk when you talk about comedians, there's potential to get dark. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Broken people are broken things. Yeah. For sure. But uh, I think I think, it, I think at this point, before we go into Colin's segment here, I just want to take a moment, real quick, and remind everybody from Realm of the Business Entertainment that most of the people that you see uh, are hearing on this uh, on this episode are for putting together episodes for the newly releasing Realm of the Myths Daily Show. Now, I have given you guys a teaser episode release, which was me and Chris Rudder. We talked about the presidential debates, and we talked about... Uh, I haven't shared that because I thought we were storing it. Just to, no, I, I, released, I released that one to just get kind of the, uh, the, the feeling together. I still want to bank like 15 episodes. So in the next couple weeks, I'd like to get... I like to get 15 episodes stored, and then in the next, like, say, two weeks, uh, okay. start looking towards the, uh, the the first initial release of the official Realm of the Mist uh, daily show. So ours, I treated ours as like a teaser, like, hey, this is what's coming. Okay. All right. So, guys, keep an eye I out for that. We're gonna be... I, thought, I didn't know we were, like, premiering the idea that no, I, that's why I didn't realize. That's why I dropped it out. I dropped it out there for two reasons. Well, then again, I always have a light in my hand, so who knows? I I <laughs> That's why you're just shitty, man. Drink a real beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I think he, I think he had some yeah. bourbon there too initially. So yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, but yeah. yeah, the two reasons I, I dropped it was number one, so everybody can get an idea of what we were talking about for the concept of the Daily Show, and two, for the listeners to see this is what we're going to be producing: uh, sing, single shot episodes, single single cool. content, uh, whatever. Uh, so I wanted to put that out there. Second off, I want to give a second, a second shout out to the Nurses Guild. Guys, the information is in the description down below. If you, you or a loved one uh, need help with at-home nursing, make sure you contact the Nurses Guild, particularly in Florida. The website and two uh, phone numbers are there for you guys. And third off, let's get inspirational with the uh, Check This Shit Out segment. I guess that's what we're calling it. What are we calling it, Colin? <laughs> Check this shit out. Oh, corner. <laughs> sure, you can follow my corner if you want. All right, Colin's corner right now. Hey, Chris. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, I guess we're going to talk about some positive stuff today. Um, this week I was looking around to see what kind of positive things are going on uh, during all of this pandemic time that we're in, and, and I found that uh, USA Today has this long list of 100 positive things that happened in 2020 so far. Uh, and there's things they, actually, there. they actually were able to find 100 things positive about 2020? That's a lot of research. Yeah, to find I, I that. was a bit surprised. <laughs> that's some, that's um, some deep research right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it says there, we'll see. Uh, one of the first things on the list, uh, Chris will enjoy this. A um, uh, 103-year-old grandmother beat COVID and celebrated with a Bud Light. And they've got a picture Fuck, of yeah. her. That's my hero. That's my bitch. Yeah. Right there. Well, you know, she was, she was 103. Couldn't handle a real beer. <laughs> She was pretty happy with this bottle in her hand. She beat COVID and she grabbed a Bud Light. She's like, God damn it, I wanted to die. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she she thought it was a bottle of water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. What's her name? Uh, Shelly Gunn. 
in Massachusetts, actually. Um, oh, Granny Goods. Her little <laughs> grandmother. Um, Granny Goods. Yeah. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's from like Massachusetts. He's from Massachusetts. He's from fucking like, Sam Adams a country, and she's drinking a Bud Light. Fuck that. Pull the plug. <laughs> yeah, 103 years old, and she she lasted the coronavirus and had a beer afterwards. That's what's up. That's what my mother. Her choice of beer is concerned. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't know did this. She might have dementia. Drinking so many calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah 103. You think she'd know better? It's Massachusetts, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't the same Adams or something. Yeah, you know. You know, let's have to get Bud Light or Sam Adams for a sponsor. That'd be great. I mean, we talked about beer. Oh, we, 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 we've lost Bud Light. I'm sure they're sitting on their product. They're never oh, going to yeah. sponsor us. Hey, well, it, this old lady sponsored them. <laughs> um, so other than that, uh, let's see. Uh, drive-in movie theaters made a comeback this year. Yes, um, yes. Drive-in concerts are a thing now, uh, which is great. Thank you, Bert Kreischer. Yeah, great news for those missing live music or those who don't like crowds anyway. Um, hey, positive note for everybody. Yesterday, Bon Jovi released his album 2020. Don't you said a positive note. Some people yeah. like Bon Jovi. <laughs> Isn't it good? <laughs> I you know what? What is cool about Bon Jovi right now, actually, regardless of that music? <laughs> well put. Motherfucker, every single one of you fucking turn up the radio and fucking uh, dead or alive. Or okay, dead or nope. alive? Yeah. yeah. Wrong. Yeah, no not every single one of us years. certainly no, did no, not. Thank but... you for the last 10 years. going back to your while fucking always is on. No fucking he, he has He has six uh, restaurants in New Jersey. Yeah, so And uh, for the past four years, he has fed the homeless directly out of his front door. And all they have to do is show up, and he knows there's someone, and, and you're catering. I get some people are going to have a certain take on this, but at the same time, he has forsaken profit to be able to help people in the community that he grew up in. He's a New Jersey boy, and he has these six restaurants strung from, I, I, I believe it's Atlantic City all the way up to the northern part of, of, New, Jer of New Jersey itself. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's called Gold Donation. Donation. Well, it well, hmm. doesn't just run on donations. Soul Kitchen is purposely set up for people to get a good meal yeah. regardless of their money. If you can't afford right. a meal, there's, there's no prices on the menu. There's you no, no donations. You, you pay what you think it's worth, or so, you can donate your time to pay it yeah. off the meal. You can donate your time by doing an hour mm -hmm. of washing dishes or, yep. or helping the wait staff. Right. Or, or you don't even have to do that. They'll just still feed you if yeah. you're a member of the community and you're in need. And, yeah, and, and the fact that he's taken you know, some of his wealth and been able to do that because, I mean, let's face it, he's got a lot of fucking money, regardless of the restaurants. So, I mean, well, the hey, fact that he can turn it around and do that is awesome. Yeah, at least he's one celebrity who's willing to do something. Yeah. For, that, uh, that, is, that is definitely oh, yeah. pretty cool. Well, he's got he's got money. I mean, he he bought into the Philadelphia Soul uh, Arena Football Team, and they won championship after championship. That scored him money off of that. His yeah. his music career, his movie career, which was short lived, yeah. but he still made money off of the movies he did. That man ain't hurt for money. He's been a no. producer now for twelve years. He's produced on a lot of big shows. He was a producer on The Closer. He was a producer on. Um, the Closer was one of them. He was also a producer on two Netflix shows. One of, and he was also a producer on The 100. 
And uh, it, 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 if you're talking about anything that's from like 18 to 25 year olds, that's like one of the top shows ever for that current generation right now. And he's a producer on that, and, and he's just putting that money back out there. And, and I think, like I said, regardless of what you think about his music, what he's doing with that is really fucking cool. Yeah, I, oh, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, done some good I think that that's in New Jersey. That's just awesome, and if more celebrities did that, there probably wouldn't be people like Elon Musk in the world that have too much money yeah. and right. so much. Right. Right. Elon is because too. It's just very hidden. Like he doesn't yeah. put his out there because he doesn't need the publicity. He actually does donate a lot. People just don't but care. Does he, he donate? I mean, for him, money is really not an issue. So why doesn't he yeah. give ten thousand dollars a month? To his state for the homeless meals. Or to me. Because he's, he's too busy putting people. Because he's too busy trying to put people back uh, back out in space. He wants to get. He wants yeah. to go to Mars. And, and plus, his state is California. So if he gives away ten thousand dollars, only one dollar goes to the homeless. That's the way California works, you know. So oh, I mean, yeah. he's doing a much harder way. Yeah. yeah. But he is a very big philanthropist. I'm a big fan of Elon because he does a lot. He really does. A lot more than people give him credit for. It held a lot more than Bill Gates. I want to point fingers at somebody. Yeah. Well, no, I just don't understand the child naming thing. <laughs> so well, nobody like, understands the child naming. I'm thing. like, that's for kids. Elon, that's you have all the money in the world, world and you're people are yeah. just weird. The more well, famous no, they are, the weirder they get. I mean, look yeah. at Michael I know, Jackson. But it's like, like, I don't blanket. trust you. Does it mean yeah, that my child has to be named R2D2? Like, right? seriously, is he telling me that because my daughter has a real name that I'm actually not in with the times and she should be changed? Absolutely. What's your, kid, what's your kid's name? <laughs> oh, blanket. Berlin. Blanket. <laughs> no, I'm not cool enough for that yet. Come on. Who is old enough now to actually eat, uh, uh, one of them is actually like a total smoke show now. She's of age, so yeah, it is. blanket is super cute now. You, you do wonder, you, you do wonder that if these people have lost their, <laughs> so much touch with reality that they don't realize that once their kid goes to school, they're going to get beat up. I mean, look I at mean, Kanye West's what? kid, for example. Like, who ain't going to fucking make fun of Northwest? Well, you know, you've got Kanye and the Kardashians. Between the two of them, there's, I mean, 99 out of 100 people are going to hate on them, so they're going to take all kinds of abuse. Yeah. So are they homeschooled and they become completely socially fucking awkward and then become even weirder than their parents? Yeah, the hardest thing to defend about like Kanye and the Kardashians is the fact that that bullying is pretty much deserved. <laughs> those, those, parents, those parents brought it on because their parents are morons. Well, that's like we naming your happen. naming your kid, uh, yeah, Dweezor Moon Unit. <laughs> Weirder. We have now become so politically incorrect, I cannot tolerate it. <laughs> oh, that's all good. It, it's just what happens. I don't care. Can we are not it out the window. We, and I can tolerate a lot. Breaking the fourth wall weekly is having a drunken party the day of the last fucking Kardashian episode. I promise you we are fucking <laughs> celebrating that shit. That's what's up. That is like a milestone in America. The end of the program. All right, so anyhow, other good things. Sorry, other good things that are happening during 2020. Oh, yeah. um, 
Let's see, we got to watch football greats like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play golf with greats like Bill uh, Michelson and Michael Wood. Yeah. Mickelson, Nicholson, whatever. But anyhow, apparently they did a big golf thing together. Saint um, New. Who the fuck's that? That seems to be also kind of a cool deal because all of them hey, went to hey. change. Hey, it, it, it watch it there, boy. That was cool. <laughs> oh, you got to remember, <laughs> she's a Denver. Yeah. Denver, Denver ain't got nothing to do with it. Tom Brady used to be the used to be the Patriots. The Patriots. And, I, and you know what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about Tom Brady and the Patriots. My hatred for him. A lot of people who have hatred for him is because of the fact he kind of looks like Bruce Jenner before the surgery. Um, my hatred for him is. The Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles, where he lost to a backup quarterback and got MVP, and he couldn't even go up and shake the man's hand. You're such did a you know Did you know that uh, Bruce Jenner, before he was Caitlyn, after he became Caitlyn, was against gay marriage? <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. Now, now we get him to play. If we get Caitlyn to play golf. We'll be getting. Some well, here's another. Here's another one for um, you. That'll blow your mind. Caitlyn Jenner, who is a transgender person, who has gone through the surgeries and everything else, and fights for the LGBT rights, is conservative. Wait, she votes for Trump. Yeah. Reverse all the surgeries. Does she like vote for Trump? Yeah, he wants to just go gay. She wants to go here. She might reverse the surgery. It's yeah, so know, crazy. You never know. She might be taking the Taj Mahal. <laughs> uh, she I might be know. taking the Taj Mahal. You never know. You want to ruin an NBA team, bring a Kardashian into the locker room. It's over. Yeah, then Kardashian is trading more players in the fucking NBA draft. How are we on Colin's corner for positive shit and we're talking about the fucking Kardashians? Colin, Colin, for God's sakes, for God's sakes, give us something positive again, man. You see what I'm doing? Well, I'm sorry, man. Oh, yeah. It wasn't me. Star Trek joke time. I'd rather date a Kardashian than a Kardashian. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would, too. All right, other than that, let's see. Restaurants shared their secret recipes so they could be done at home. Um, a family perfectly recreated Journey's Separate Ways music video and is incredible. I didn't see that, but... Um, Steve Perry Journey? Apparently, uh, the Separate Ways video, a family made a remake of the video. <laughs> huh. um, okay. Let's see, what else we got? Uh, Squirrel mastered a Ninja Warrior obstacle course. I've seen that. Um, that was funny as shit. Yeah. <laughs> they got me build it one course in the backyard. That shit was awesome. Yeah. 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 No, but I've I seen the episode where Squirrel actually got onto the... Uh, Ninja Warrior uh, set. Well, really? Did the obstacle course. Oh, I didn't see that. I saw a guy who built his own wheel in the backyard. Yeah, and it took like It took like four or five days, and these squirrels completely figured it out. Uh, but I didn't see the actual, like, uh, American Ninja. That's crazy. Hmm. I did, I yeah, did well, see that on YouTube. That was impressive. Well, that's, yeah, I have to take your guys' word for it. I didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, apparently it's on this list. Okay, what is the number one of the list? 
There's, they're not actually even numbered. They're kind of, it's kind of a weird. Yeah, the list. number one on the list for 2020 is they canceled the Kardashians. They're not even numbered. That's how bad. That's how bad 2020 was. It's like riding Melbourne. Put them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you rank them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger King. There's a hundred things that happened that weren't bad. That's wait what minute, it is. Well, wait a minute. Somebody fucking nominated Tiger King as a positive. Tiger <laughs> King is on his list. Yeah. Tiger King. Yeah, really Dude, yeah. Tiger King is the is the fucking video equivalent of COVID nineteen. Lady Gaga gave us a new album. Yeah, hold up, hold up. Lady Gaga releases a new album. That is yeah, the, Lady that Gaga is gave audio, us a new album. That is the audio um, equivalent of dying of COVID-19. Right. right. Ray Jepsen did it again with a new album. Um, let's see. If this, I have an opportunity for Colin's Corner real quick while we're all still on here. Let's all say one thing positive that happened in 2020 for each of us. How about that? That works. It's a good way. That's a good way right. to close it out, rather yeah, than going through all this list. Yeah. So far this year. Breaking the fourth wall weekly. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall weekly. It was born in 2020. Okay. Destiny. Serenity, serenity too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you telling people who are strippers? I just got a message from one of my servers saying they can't work. I just got a message from one of my servers saying they can't work. I'm sorry, her name is Destiny. Serenity. <laughs> um, God. Oh, my God. Now I want to change my name. That's horrible. Edit that part out. Nope. <laughs> okay, so because you said destiny, um, I would say my friends and my family and how well everyone's come together has been really positive. Just everything. My daughter, her friends, the neighborhood, my friends, everything. Everyone's been really great this year, so shout out to all them. Um, I guess I'm I still keep waking up on the right side of the dirt, so that's a positive. Um, I haven't got COVID, as far as I know. Um, I don't have a hold in my pants. The right side of the dirt. Rudder, rudder will email with you. If you haven't gotten COVID, rudder will email with you. Yeah. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, you watched the South Park pandemic episode? Not yet. Oh. Oh god! That would be the highlight of a year. Yes, <laughs> he has the uh, uh, in ten years. Yeah, the really cure. Is. Yeah, the yeah. cure. Is it better? Is it better than the World of Warcraft episode? Because to me, it's far not that. It's the greatest. Episode. I can love that. One pointer with the World of Warcraft and the Human Centipede. It's almost there. Nice. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's really good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Don Smith. I'm gonna need another twenty minutes to think. <laughs> the the life the the life radio show keeps growing. Uh, I'm back on movie sets again. Uh, I've been able to uh, I've been able to shuttle a lot of my club responsibilities over to my business partner to allow me some breathing room. Things are looking up. There has been some positive in 2020. And you have beaten anorexia. I beat the living fuck out of it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he got a running head start on Oh, yeah. Video. I knocked it through the fucking wall. 
I sat on it and squished it like a fucking bug is what I did. <laughs> you save a lot of money on razors. There you go. Rudder, Rudder how about you? What's your positive? Man, for me, uh, it's the fact that I did have corona, and I'm about to celebrate my 50th anniversary, or my 50th birthday, along with my 20th wedding anniversary. Awesome. All at the same time. So I, I think that that's a super fucking positive. Um, Does your wife think the same thing? No, but I. Tell her to talk to my inbox. Let me know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I think really the like crazy thing. Hi, sweetheart. I think the crazy thing getting through Corona and everything and then being able to talk about it whenever so many people don't know someone who has had, had it. Being that one guy who's been able to talk about it and then, you know, coming on my 50th birthday, which I never thought I would say 20 years ago. There's no way in the world anybody would have ever thought I would have got to this point. And then uh, me and my wife having our 20th anniversary, I think, is like probably, and then us starting a show together, which seems to be uh, getting a lot of cool response, actually. People are fitting in on it, which I I guess it's because we're just so silly together and, and we're are able to buy it, you know, so I think that's cool. That That awesome. is a weird comment awesome. you say, because, I mean, like, again, Seren- I'm sure you guys can uh, can, can uh, relate to this. Serenity would tell you, I never, I was convinced I would not see 28. Right? I, I was truly convinced I would not see 28, and here I am 43 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, 50 is like a really weird, like, mark, you know, to be able to hit, but, uh, uh, being able to hit it after having Corona this year is like, it seems like something kind of cool to actually celebrate. Like I, I probably will go and blow out Friday night on my birthday and 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 like. You deserve cool. it. And your yeah. wife says her. She's a sweetheart. Oh, she's she she there with me. Would be super aggravated with every shot I take, but you know it is. What it is. <laughs> well, hey, we celebrate from, her too. From all of us, yeah. from all of us here, today, we, won't, we probably won't see you beforehand. From all of us here, happy half a century. Yep. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy early birthday, anniversary, everything. Thank yeah. you, guys. We got married the day after my birthday, so I would never forget the anniversary date. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way she thinks. I'm just waiting for my dad's birthday. Is August twelfth, and my parents' anniversary is August thirteenth. My mom planned that. Okay, they, they were smart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to next Sunday when we record the next uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall Weekly, and, and Chris is still hungover. Yeah, see, my my birthday is, my birthday is on August fourteenth. I'll just still be drunk. Yeah. My my birthday is on August fourteenth. My my grandmother's birthday was on August thirteenth. Mine's on the fourteenth. After she died, nobody fucking remembers mine. <laughs> nobody in the family. <laughs> Stay tuned for Brothers yeah. an episode. Yeah. Well, it's not a new episode. It's just another one. Yeah. yeah. So since we know, since we now know uh, Don's birthday and Chris's birthday, why don't we tell everybody else it's their birthday so we all know each other's yeah. birthday? I'll forget. <laughs> and my birthday is June 8th. June 8th? <laughs> June 8th. We yeah. didn't say year. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I still think that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
It's it's a day of the month in June. There you go. Okay. <laughs> January twenty ninth. Generally, I'm Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably explains a whole hell of a lot, or nothing, depending on if you believe in astrology. Who's a Gemini? Who said they're a Gemini? Me and Serenity are both Gemini. So, which of your fifteen personalities have we met so far? Because my daughter is a Gemini. Stay tuned for our multi-personality episode. (laughs) (laughs) My oldest son is a Gemini. We could put up 23 panels, one for each episode, the day of your birthday. Yeah, We're doing that. My oldest son is a Gemini. He's June 17th. It's so crazy. Yeah. Gemini power. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say what my birthday is, so I... Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I, 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 I plead the fifth and do not accept nor deny that I'm a Gemini or a Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not saying it so we don't throw a surprise party on the show for. Her. Right. <laughs> oh, you could. I know that. Chris say. knows when it is. <laughs> yeah, y'all know when it is. Just nobody else can know. It's a secret that only the world could find out if they looked me up on Facebook or social media. So, you know. You'll, you'll, you'll know it. You'll, 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 you'll know it on the show. You'll have to find out. You'll have to snoop and find out. You'll, you'll, you'll find out when the show happens because we'll sit her down and we'll do a fucking This Is Your Life episode. Hopefully by that end of the pandemic will be over. Yeah. How yeah. gross would it be to find out that during this entire episode I've ripped off an entire toenail? Sweet. Did you eat it? Roby. What were you using? Yeah, what did you what use? You? It just fucking happened, bro. I have bad fucking feet. <laughs> I work on my feet every day. <laughs> you want to my saws off? It just happened, man. My, my nails just fell right off. I mean, it's like Don It just happened. I have never pulled a toenail off just for the hell of it. I just... <laughs> You wouldn't That's believe what just happened. Wait a minute, this hurts. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You think you have bad feet? You said Don understands. Don's a foot model. Exactly. My feet are goddamn Don's lovely. <laughs> Whenever guys ask me for pictures of my feet, I send them Don's. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> That is jealousy speaking, Colin. That is the face of jealousy right there. You wish you had my feet. (laughs) I kissed the picture. (laughs) No, that that is all what he's done in the picture. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice, too. <laughs> yeah, what shade of pink was that, Don? Yep. Stop it, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> oh, jump it in feet first. <laughs> okay, no more jelly bellies for me. <laughs> and on that note, guys, let's go ahead and call this one an episode. We'll go around the room and let everybody, uh, Give a shout out to their shows or where people can contact you. Colin, we'll start with you because we know you got to get out of here and go look at Don's feet. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you know it. Um, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook. Um, or you can email me, uh, Colin Washburn at gmail.com. Mr. Don Smith with the Sexy Feet. Well, you can definitely find me at the the Life uh, Radio Show on Facebook or uh, uh, Don Smith Comedy on Twitter. Uh, you can go to thelife1069.com. Uh, the original feed is on Podbean. Uh, not the feed. Not my feet. You can go to... <laughs> You, you can go to donsfeet.com for a sexy experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um what's your uh what's your F and binge? Just look it up on every social media platform, everywhere you can look at, it. you can email me at what's your F and binge at gmail dot com, uh Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. What's your F and binge? Serenity. Um, Vinyl Prophet, V-I-N-Y-L-P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Um, Facebook, Gmail, everywhere else you'll find me, stalk me, contact these guys. <laughs> and of course you can find me on all the Realm, Realm of the Mist programs uh, found on YouTube. Like, share, comment, subscribe, check out this high, all the podcasts of Realm of Mist Entertainment. If you from an audio-only format, we've got you covered. Just look up Realm of Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. We can be found on all the social media. Just look up Rumbling Miss Entertainment. And guys, do not forget our special sponsor, the Nurses Guild. Description down below. Let them know we sent you. In fact, if you use promo code ROTM, you will get a signed 8x10 glossy of Don Smith's feet. I guess it's back to the studio for my feet. <laughs> They're signed and numbered. Right. <laughs> with, an extra, with an extra donation, he'll even uh, cosplay his feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a big costume. It looks just a, just a big fucking foot. It's really all it is. I over here. You think I'm joking? You haven't lived until he reenacts the fucking bar scene in Star Wars Episode Four with all ten toes. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Guys, that you should put Connor Guido. <laughs> Again, guys, thank you very much for hanging out with us. I hope you had a great week, and we will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall Weekly. Have a good night, guys.